like, yeah, let's do the best show, right? Is everybody here? Yes. Yes. I'm here. That's Mike. Mike's here. Pat's here. Present. Jason's not here. No Jason this week. So we... uh, Tom, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Jason's here. Okay. Yeah. So everybody's here. And it is the best show. And we're doing it. And I don't know if anybody heard, but we are in the middle of a pandemic. And... (laughs) Things are a little different, and um, yeah. No, we're just talking. We were just talking before we started the show about uh, about just kind of coping with everything. And I know it's at the point where it's kind of boring to talk about, but it's also reality. You know what I mean? It's a it's such a strange, such a strange thing to have to be like. I know this is boring, but it's it's everything that's going on. Like what, what else, like how can you not address it sometimes? And um, I don't know, but you want to enjoy things in life that don't have anything to do with uh, the, the, the quarantine and uh, the COVID and, uh, but it's always there. So it's always going to kind of weigh, it's always going to inform everything is this, this dirty, dirty, pandemic that is making it so that you can't go to the you can't go to the quick check like you used to and just walk in <laughs> yeah uh, I'm sure you still can you can still walk into the quick check right you can't just walk in you're describing my life right now yeah I mean I've heard and I mentioned this a little bit I've heard that in Bayonne it's a problem that the criminals now feel that they're Territory is being stepped on by because everyone's got a mask now. Yeah, you can't just walk into a place. They feel they feel cheapened by it. They feel like <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I, th- I thought about this the other day. I'm like, why isn't there like just crime spree? Since there we're is. all there is there. Oh, is yeah. there a crime spree? Yes, there. Um, it's being downplayed, Mike. You might not notice it in Bayonne. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's happening behind the scenes in Bayonne, but no, that's, that's just called that's just called a Tuesday night. Yeah, here in I'm in I'm in Brooklyn in um, Mindy's corner. She lives on a pretty busy corner, but like the fact that it was always busy and kind of like a 24 hour corner made it so like there wasn't you know there was a, a very mild if not unnoticeable amount of graffiti prior to this. Um, mm-hmm. Flash forward to like just even just a couple of weeks ago, you know, amongst like a, a month into this thing, uh, everything was bombed. Like tags and just every everything, every inch of everything is covered, and you're just like, what the? Hell? It looks like looks like 1977. It's crazy. Pre Giuliani, New York. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, it's like yeah, and 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 I mean, I it makes me nervous, you know, because like I, I walk the dog twice a day, and uh, they just can't. There's no way to keep up with it, and there's no way that people can be out there cleaning graffiti. Yeah, you know, it's like not safe. So, like, just like you have to at some point, you just have to admit defeat to it. I can't even imagine the subways right now. Uh, what's going on there? But like, I've you know, I haven't thought about writing writing mass transit since early March, but I'm sure like some stuff going on in there too. You know, the thing, my problem with graffiti is that. How do you get good at it? Like, 
<laughs> like, where are you practicing your graffiti skills when you do your when you tag a thing and you put your your tag up and all the stuff? Just like I just picture not being. I picture needing practice at first. Right. Is there just like are there just like walls that people tag for practice that nobody's seeing? Probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think they do it on, on the covers of their notebooks in school. Yeah. But it, with that spray paint can? Well, yeah. <laughs> you gotta, I would you gotta, I feel like I would choke. Yeah, finding, finding the finesse with the can has gotta be a whole thing. Like, like I, I wanna be clear, like I, you know, all those like really cool, um, giant like murals of, of, you know, kinda like, you know, big like 70s early 80s style lettering like i love all that stuff but like this is this isn't that this is like really horrible quickly done just vandalism graffiti you know i say tell me where to practice i'm ready to enter the the graffiti game what's your tag <laughs> i'll figure i don't know i want to get i i i look at graffiti sometimes and i'm just like man I don't have the courage. I wouldn't have the courage to just be like, well, I'm going to do some graffiti now. What did that bathroom say the day of your car accident? Oh, it said, um, um, don't pig. It had pig in it. (laughs) It had pig and toilet in it. And that's when I was like, I think I did die in this car crash and I'm in hell right now. Wasn't it like wipe the seat pig or pig, something? Yeah. Wipe S off seat, <laughs> brush pig. Uh-huh. It was a fun night. Election night 2016 when I got in a, a car, oh, good old fashioned car wreck and, uh, uh, got on the Jersey Turnpike. And I just still remember that cop not believing me when I said a deer ran out. Oh my god! It seemed like a lie because I've never seen a deer. The first time no. I ever saw a deer on the turnpike is when it was in front of my car. Like yeah, I agree. Is it thirteen around Elizabeth? You don't see uh-huh. deer around there. Right. No way. You got so an, Ikea, was, an airport. I, yeah. For, for for actually for for listeners who don't know New Jersey, if you've ever seen the, those shots of the of that incinerator that's constantly burning. And all that stuff, and you know, right by Newark Airport. This is where we're talking about. That's, That's exactly a, where this that incinerator happened. is so creepy at night. But there's, but there's no deer. You know, it's not like. What if it's run by deer? And, and, and there's even ba- there's barriers up ar- around there. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, there's, it's incredibly there's, rare what happened at time. Barriers everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's these incinerators that burn all night and day, and it feels like it feels like a like a dystopian science fiction uh movie like like it's like blade runner or something where it's just like it's like yes. it's where did we go wrong that this is our world and that's actually how it is there and that's actually to me when people would badmouth new jersey they were talking about that like they yeah. see they see that from people people who who think New Jersey is just that are only flying in to Newark airport and then taking a, a cab to uh, Manhattan. And right. so they only see this one part of the state that is literally the ugliest part of the state. hundred percent. 
it's a huge state, and they're mm-hmm. saying it's one stretch that is truly disgusting. And but, um, and then I, so I get I get why people are always just like, oh, New Jersey, what a what like with the pollute. It's like, no, it's not. It really isn't. But yeah, okay, I get it. It is for that one stretch. But yeah. you think we actually live in that? <laughs> and and that and, world? and 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 like you know in. In our defense, like we didn't put it there. Like it's pretty bad of our state to, to you know, road uh, structuring of that of the of the turnpike to place that place right next to it and an airport. I mean, it's pretty bad city planning or whatever went into it. But you know, it it's there. We can't move always, the highway. It looks so different during the day than it does at night. Well, dur- during the because I would say one part of why it looks different at night is because. The uh, smokestacks are on fire, and yeah, that lights up the night when you see these flame, these flames <laughs> coming out of out of out of the tops of the the stacks. It looks like it looks like uh, like a, like a uh, like a like a some sort of weird industrial uh, city that that is just from like like I said from a bad sci-fi movie mm-hmm. that you just picture. Look, I always pictured people being in there running it, maybe uh, imprisoned or whatever. But now you've put the image in my mind, Jason. Now I just think there's deer in there. <laughs> I think you hit on something. Yeah, with hard hats. Yeah, some flannels. Yeah, why not? And one just had w- one escaped. Yeah, one escaped. Yeah, he was he was just he wasn't looking to eat in the cafeteria. He was going to go over to the Arby's. Uh, at one of the uh, rest stops, he was going to the Molly Pitcher Arby's. <laughs> yes, and then he was upset about the election, or he was happy. Maybe he was happy. <laughs> he might have been going to celebrate because we heard Trump won. Uh, he Trump won Virginia and uh, went to go celebrate, and then he ran into my car. And so by the I, way, when 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 the cop didn't believe you. Mm-hmm. Was there at least like evidence on your hood or or what remained of your car? Like you know, like yes. fur. There had That's to be what, something. There was some. There was not a lot, but there was enough that the cops saw that that's what it was. And he was like, "All right, that's weird, but I I do see some evidence there." And once he was once he was clear, I had not been drinking, which is also amazing that he didn't. He didn't put me through like the through the paces with that to be just like let's do a let's do a uh, let's do a breathalyzer or something because it was like election night. Yeah, there would be a pretty high percentage that people would be drunk driving. Yeah. Drunk yeah. driving. Yeah, exactly. Like, but he didn't. So, um, and, I, and it, I credit that with the fact that I am a white person, right? Yeah, because there's a there's a special thing in New Jersey. Look, I I know New Jersey cops. I'm related to New Jersey cops, and I um, I I'm not just blindly going after the cops. But I will say, in New Jersey, there is a a game you can play whenever you drive around and you see someone pulled over, and you're like, you see a car ahead of you, you see a, a cop car, and uh civilian vehicle pulled over and you're just kind of like what are the odds that that's a, a white person in there 
and then you drive past, you're like, no, it wasn't. See, I won the game again. That part, like that's, it, it seems like there's an inordinate amount of that going. Have you ever noticed that, Pat mm-hmm. or Jason? Yep. Or- <laughs> Absolutely. I actually found the graffiti, by the way. I pulled it up. You found which graffiti? What the graffiti said in the in the mirror with Tom? Yes. It okay. says it says pig use the brush. Uh then there's an arrow, clean S on toilet. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. I saw that after my life flashed before my eyes. I had just heard that Trump that they were calling it for Trump and then got in my car, got in the accident then had to get in a tow truck and go to a uh, uh, a place in like Elizabeth where they ju- where the where the uh, where the New Jersey tow the like the because it was on the turnpike they have these state uh, uh, sanctioned tow truck drivers like no yeah. anyone with a tow truck can't just go on the turnpike and tow cars it's um so. I, they took it to a place that they have, that is like state sanctioned, and it was they first of all they were very happy about the election there, mm-hmm. and um, and then I was sitting there, and um, yeah, and then I saw that graffiti when I went to the uh, to the bathroom, and that was uh, that just capped the night off for me, and that was real foreshadowing of uh, things to come, wasn't it? Well, yes and no. I mean, look, I think Trump is, I, I would look, I would give him at this point a B minus. <laughs> he's like a Manassas album. Yeah. He's like a, he's, it's a, he's like Pat reviewing a Manassas album. Oh, God. Everyone else thinks it sucks. And then one person sees it as completely awesome. And you're just like, what? You're, you heard the same thing I heard, right? Oh. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's such a strange, uh, it's, 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 it was a strange night and it kind of kicked off this strange time that has not stopped being strange. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going, I went to the, to the VIP diner with you and Claire, Claire O'Kane. She was a guest on the show that night. And, and also I will say this. It was a show that we all worked very hard on on election mm-hmm. night, 2016. It was, it was it's one of the best things we've ever done on the show. Yes, I believe one of my yeah. favorite things we ever did. Absolutely, and it's a show that no one heard because it's depressing. Because <laughs> Trump got elected. Yeah, and we basically decided we were going to pretend that. It was 2006, so we were playing a best of episode, like an episode, like a like a lost episode or yes. whatever. And you played all the old bed music and everything. Old bed music, old callers, and we uh, threw our voice. Mm-hmm. Just worked so hard on it, did such a great job, and it was so much fun. But we also were doing it not thinking that the night was going to end the way it did. No. So we went in and suddenly watched. The, the world just change like that. And then it just became immediately not funny or fun. And we had to keep this thing going. 
it's just the strangest, uh, it's the strangest show. I understand why people might not gravitate toward it, but it's, uh, it's something that I'll always be, um, really proud of. I thought we did yeah. something so nobody else had, would do a thing like that, but we did it. And the unfortunate part is it's, it's so associated with this, this massive bummer of a, of a horror show that, Nobody wants to be reminded, but if you're up for it, go listen to the uh, election night 2016 show on the archive, and you uh, will hear something that's pretty uh, pretty special. We a lot of it was pre-planned, and a lot of it was just we were we were just kind of winging it as the night went on. Because I remember at certain points in time, you would come in and check. To see, cause I was watching the returns at the desk. Yes. What, what was that website? It was like 50, 40. Oh, uh, was five, what'd you say? 537? Yeah, five, uh, 538. 538. Yeah, 538.com. I was watching that and all of the polls just started to shift and then they started calling the other states for Trump and you would come out and check with us. And as that news became bleaker, kind of the storyline that was unfurling in this episode mm-hmm. kind of took that tone. Yeah, because now we were talking like I could talk as if I was in 2006 and talk about the future Yeah, and how the world was going to get uglier. And, um, yeah, it was and- kind of cathartic, but it was also just, just straight <laughs> up depressing and terrifying. And you were getting really upset. I I could tell I was annoying you as Todd from Union City. Yeah, you kept calling and it was just like you were you were embodying truly Hi everybody, Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new office hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. Goodbye. Goodbye. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. The worst kind of caller trying to get under my skin and... Even though I knew it was you, yeah, I was fully aware it was you. Right, I was still just like, "Oh, I want to murder this guy." <laughs> and it's like, "Wait, no, that's a guy that produces the show. Right. <laughs> he, he's calling from ten feet away. Like he's not like, but it still was getting to me um, because the whole night was getting to all yeah. of us. Um, and then the Pat storyline of like uh, him being a time traveler. Yeah. Everything worked out, man. Everything that I'm very proud of that show. We'll 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 retweet the show on the best show feed this week, like day we'll after. We'll repost this. it on the best yeah. show feed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and people can relive that and check that out. But it was, yeah. You know what? Why good. don't you do that for the best this week? Just just reach for well, yeah. I mean, full show, full show, and best maybe. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. <laughs> Just, um, just put it I, up. You know what I also love is that I've been getting a couple emails, Jason. Oh God! People writing, saying uh, somebody said 
about the, cause we're doing this other show called So Far, uh, mm-hmm. which is a Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, uh, uh, album by album, year by year, chronological recap of the entirety of their body work. We're doing it as bonus content for people who, uh, support the best show over Patreon and a couple episodes are up for, for everyone to hear. You can you can just get those over at uh, bestshow.net, right? Thebestshow.net. Yeah, they're up there. They're up in the regular feed. Yeah, so you can get those. But then people are saying, somebody wrote, they're like, uh, who, like, they said that, that Jason, uh, he's acting like like he, uh, he, like who died and made him Neil Young, is what somebody <laughs> what? wrote. Like, no, they did not. I swear, they were just like he's giving Pat. He's giving Pat the business. They're like Jason's really giving Pat the business. I can hear it growing. Oh, <laughs> Neil Young. If they can hear it growing in episode zero and one, oh, oh j- yeah. just wait. Oh yeah, no, I think I think these are people who heard the uh, who are hearing the the they're up to speed. Okay, but I'll say this. I've gotten also people just saying like, go for it, Pat. You go. <laughs> yeah. Just like, they're like, I love that Pat, I love Pat's role in this whole thing. He, he's I'm going. Stupid. He doesn't uh, care. He's, he's the contrarian. Yeah. Surprisingly, he's the contrarian. He likes this stuff that nobody likes. But it I doesn't really think that much of Neil Young stuff. So it's, no, he's I the do. contrarian. That's, that's the thing. Like, I, look, look. No, he so loves, it's not, he loves it's not gonna last very long. I mean, it's I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anymore. Peter out now. Somebody I'm not tweeted, gonna say anymore. I'm gonna let people somebody, just listen to it. Somebody <laughs> tweeted out, they said, the fact that Pat ranked the second Manassas album higher than On the Beach <laughs> makes this a podcast I cannot miss. Yeah, this is going to provide months of listening that I cannot wait, and that's what go. it needs. It doesn't need this thing of just being like everybody's just in in lockstep saying the same thing over and over. I got in a thing on Twitter the other day where I said I, I tweeted the most innocuous thing you can tweet. I was like, my favorite Wu Tang solo album. I like the best Wu Tang solo album is Ghostface Killer, Fish Scale. What do you think it is? What, yeah, what's, yours? what's yours? And I never got more pushback from people saying like you're in a, you're you're trolling us saying that fish smells the best one. You're uh-huh. you clearly don't know what you're like. People were so angry at it. Uh-huh. The thing is, it is my favorite. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. My favorite is not the one that is like this. The there's this other album, Supreme Clientele, which is also great. I'm not saying everything else is terrible. And this, I didn't say there's only one good one. So it's my favorite. See, I like Old Dirty, so yeah, me people too. will probably come like for me. Too. I like his two albums also. His whole I lo- thing. Like, Those are like top for me. You talk about like Lip- Liquid Swords, uh, the Jizz album, Liquid Swords, both ODB albums, uh, Bobby Digital. There's five uh, amazing Ghostface albums. There's uh, Only Built for Cuban Links, the, the, the Raekwon Ghostface album. Like, it's just like yeah, I get it. But mine happens, my favorite one happens to be this one. I had this one guy like, who's just like, I was like, well, no, it's my favorite. You like whatever you want to like. And he couldn't accept that. <laughs> he couldn't so, accept uh, 
Something's broken in people on the internet. Like it was bad. It was bad before yeah. this pandemic, but something is broken. Yeah. He was pushed. This guy was like, and then I wrote a sarcastic thing saying like, um, yeah, after, you know, you're right. It's not my favorite album. I think it stinks. My favorite one is the one everybody likes. I apologize for, for being wrong. And then he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, finally this guy, uh, admits he's saying it's just like well you're just a you're just straight up dumb person look at dumb guy and then i like look at his i look at his bio and i'm just like and naturally now i'm gonna say this i've been here in los angeles i got a good feel for this place now this guy's these these LA sports fans are some of the dumbest people. This is a dumb one of the dumbest, <laughs> one of the dumbest most delusional uh-huh. communities. They, they they act like everybody like they they approach everything like a like a nine year old. Like like these are my heroes and they're the best that ever were around and anybody else is they're, they're, they're the greatest. If they wear the gold and the the golden and purple, they're the greatest and they're heroes and you don't ever. Like, oh, it's it's like it's it really is like they're acting like it's a, like it's a Batman or or Spider Man, like that they're they're heroes. Yeah. It's a, so I look, and this is just some L.A. sports fan, I'm just like yeah. So of course this guy's a, a, a complete dunce. He's a Lakers fan, <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's just it's like the world Lakers fans. It's like the world's dumbest cult. <laughs> it's like a cult that you don't even get like. Any of like I mean, basic benefits you initially get at being a part of a cult. Is is Jack Nicholson the leader? Oh no, the leader would be because because they all talk about the like Jerry Buss, like the guy who died who used to own the well Doctor Buss, uh, the great Doctor Buss. It's like <laughs> Doc, was it the guy Doc? Like Doctor Buss. It's like like they're talking like, like the way these. These uh, uh, Patriots fans are always like, "Well, Mr. Kraft says this." Like they talk about the owner of the <laughs> yeah. Patriots as if he's like this, as if he's like better than it's. A, well, it's understood that he's better than all of us, Mr. Kraft. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, m- m- Mr. Kraft is 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 a busy. He, he's not even smart enough to not get busted at a, 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 a an eighty dollar Jack Shack. As a Mets fan, it's it's a complete opposite here. They can't stand the owners. There's no respect at all for them. Well, that's the thing with the Knicks. Everybody hates yeah, them. Yeah, the Knicks too, yeah. They're just like, it's like, yeah, Dolan's an idiot, and the, the Wilpons are idiots. And it's just like, I never saw anything like it. And I looked, and I was like, of course, this, of course this moron that can't understand sarcasm or any sort of subtlety, uh, the, the, the basics of subtlety, of course he's a, uh, a, a, a like a, a, a Lakers fan. It's the dumbest thing. They're called the Lakers. You know why they're called the Lakers, Mike? Uh, Silver Lake. How many lakes you think are out here? How many <laughs> lakes you think? You know, everybody always talks about the the lovely lakes in Los Angeles. No, they were the mini, They were from Minneapolis. They were the mini. They were the Minneapolis Lakers. All and right. They just yeah. moved, and they just kept the name Lakers. Uh uh-huh. Why do you think the name Utah Jazz? You everybody's. Really big on that Salt Lake City jazz scene? It is a good scene. <laughs> no, they were the New Orleans jazz. Yeah. And then they moved, and then they kept it as the jazz. Yeah. 
I think I think people are just spending too much time on the internet now. Uh, yeah. You know, they they got the conspiracy theories are coming at us left and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I've talked about that before, but it's just yeah, I, people are, are getting frustrated, and it's it's it, people are taking it out on internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's part of it. Yeah, it ain't a good time. It ain't a good time. It's just uh, people people are mad. And I, and, and I taped a, a beer can can to my face. I think I got. I got more likes than I ever got before. Yeah, I'll so, yeah. You, you, you <laughs> there's, too many, there's, there's too many people wasting time on the internet lately. That could be your I'll cameo, though, man. Those types of videos. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll say this, Mike. You, you, you. You're always talking about your brand and your this and that and the the, the the marketing team and all the stuff. I think you're not joking. I thought you were joking. I don't think you're joking anymore. <laughs> I think you're well, the thing out. Uh-huh. You put a, you taped a dumb, you taped a beer can in the face that had glasses on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And suddenly, suddenly, it's a, it's suddenly you're getting like people legitimately excited about it. Hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of likes. I'm like, really? And then I, I, I think I did one where I, I was so proud of this tweet. I, I can't even remember from a few weeks, from a few weeks ago. Yeah. And, and like, no, no, nobody even responded to it. So I'm like, oh, I can't. I can't figure it out, you know. No, but then you did figure it out. You taped a beer can <laughs> to your face. You, you realize you realize the world is looking for. Uh, That's what they're looking for. Yeah, they want Tiger King and they want Beer Face. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wonder if Beer Face has a new video of. <laughs> His name's not Beer Face. I don't care. It's beer Face to me. Are you going to do a second beer face video? I don't know. I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of sitting right in front of me, you know, for, for whatever reason, Coors put out these cans, these new cans with sunglasses. You can't see it in the photo, but the word chill is spelled out behind the glasses in, uh, Coors Mountain Blue. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, some, some marketing guy came up with that for this summer. And, uh, yeah, no, what's, didn't take a lot of uh, work to, you know, to think of that one. No. But it did, you know, believe it or not, I did. <laughs> the, the can the can wasn't sticking well, you know. And so at, at one point I actually did cut out a triangle so my nose could go into the can. Mm-hmm. But, but, of course, there were sharp edges. And it, it was getting a little too dicey. Yeah. Uh, Mike, so that didn't Mike, work. You do not, Mike, you do not want to end up in a hospital right now for a beer <laughs> yeah, exactly. can. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I, I, that, that thought crossed my mind okay, as I was good. doing it. I was like, yes, I'm going to put the can down now. Uh-huh. I'm not going to go any further with this, this attempt. But yeah, yeah no, I mean, that's, right. Mike, I got to go the other way. I'm sorry. You got to <laughs> suffer for your art. <laughs> your beer, be thinky. This beer face is now pulling his punches. <laughs> beer face wow. is thinking about uh, personal safety above his his uh, his audience. Uh, and it was funny. Somebody somebody noticed the there's a crack. Yeah. Between the ceiling and the wall in my living room, and somebody pointed that out. And you know I'm well aware of it. This it's this is an old building, mm-hmm. and. Um, I, th- I think I've told the story where, uh, when I was 
well, I used to live on the first floor. I'm on the third floor now. But I, my cousin moved in to my old apartment when I moved up here. Mm-hmm. And he called me. Well, he called me and he said, Mike, come down. So I came down. We go into his apartment. He shows me this crack on, along the ceiling. And he, and he heard something. I didn't hear anything. Next thing you know, he's dragging me outside the door into the hallway. And the, the whole ceiling collapsed with a, with a, like, it sounded like a bomb went off. It was heavy, you know? So mm-hmm. I do think about, I do think about that, you know, when I, when I look at the cracks in the ceiling, uh, but they have been here a long time. Well, you know, I'll say this. Anybody's got a problem with it, with the thing, you could drive, drive to Bayonne with a bucket of spackle and help the guy out. <laughs> I, I don't know if spackle would help something like that. You know, you I mean, that's, in there with your spackle and your little, <laughs> your little spackle, your little spackle stick. Help, help out your face. Yeah. <laughs> Should I change my my Twitter name? Go go all in on beer face. Like 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 buckethead. <laughs> like buckethead. <laughs> yeah, buckethead. Yeah. Do it. Uh-huh. If you like buckethead, you're gonna uh-huh. like beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, the worst would be watching you try to replicate, like, how can I get that beer face magic back again? <laughs> <laughs> you, you overthinking the next, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next picture, just, just way too much, way too much effort going into a thing that the first time you just did in two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Stay out of the hospital, Mike. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. We agree. I agree with Pat. Yeah, do some like cowboy medicine if you get cut or something. Just put some whiskey on it. <laughs> yeah, those were the days, huh? Where they would, yeah. uh, that's something I don't know if I could ever handle where when you got to get like in a movie when they got to like get a bullet fished out of them and they yeah. just like, pour, they pour like some whiskey all over your, like, they pour some, they splash some whiskey on the wound and then somebody starts, somebody starts fishing it out. They make you bite down on a chunk of wood. Yeah. You're biting down on a rag or a chunk of wood and mm-hmm. you're just trying to, you're trying to get through it. I don't know if I have it in me. I'd be like, I think I can see what it's like. I think I'll just tough it out with this bullet in me <laughs> so I can get to a hospital. I guess, I guess you never saw that uh, movie uh, it's based on the true story about the mountain climber who got stuck. Which what, one? that 127 hours? Is that what it was called? Yeah, he, he something like cut that. His, cut his arm off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't I'm watch not, that. Yeah, James Franco. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I. That's one of the ones. That's a movie that they make those movies, and I'm just like, yeah, I know he gets his arm. He saws his arm off. I don't need to see it. And yeah. what happens already? You'll never believe what happens. It's like, no, I, I, I will believe it because <laughs> I'm fully familiar with the story. Why is this a movie? Yeah. That's why that Tiger King thing, I don't want to keep talking about Tiger King. I'm, t- <laughs> but it's just like that, like if, anybody that puts a nickel into this Tiger King movie de- deserves everything that when they lose their shirts, I don't want to see them come uh-huh. in. Cause when, when it turns out no one wanted to see a Tiger King movie two years from now. Uh-huh. Well, I thought I thought I thought it was going to be a series with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, but that's but who want? I don't want it. Do you <laughs> really want to watch? 
<laughs> we saw the original guy. I don't need to see yeah. interpreting this guy. <laughs> I don't know. I I might be interested in seeing that. And then there's another thing with Kate McKinnon coming out, like another series. Right. It's, it's two series, yeah. So there's two Tiger King things. The only thing I would say, the only Tiger King thing I would want is if we were able to knock a quickie one out <laughs> on Zoom, like shoot it and just knock out a Tiger King thing and then get it out, ne- get it out next week. That's the only one I, I only want quickie Tiger King video, uh, uh, series. Uh huh. You write it, we'll do it. I'm not writing that. <laughs> <laughs> It's a hard enough writing. I try to write the stuff I actually uh, committed to write. Yeah, I'm gonna stop. Yeah, that's a, that's exactly what the publisher wants to hear. Is um, yeah, not finishing. <laughs> Book's not done yet. I'm working on this thing. It's a deliberately bad Tiger King yeah. uh, project. <laughs> Some Tiger King things uh-huh. to do. Yeah, from the guy that brought you Grown Ups Three. Here comes another <laughs> thing no one asked for. <laughs> <laughs> like, is it funny? It's like, yeah, it was funny, but no one's exactly knocking on his, knocking on anyone's door for more of it. So, what else is what else is up? How was how was uh, Jersey City uh, going, Pat? Jersey City seems to be. Uh, I got to be careful here. Yeah. Oh, come on. Nobody listens from your office. <laughs> Spill it. Uh, Jason, why don't, why don't you, as a former resident, express how you feel and maybe I'll, maybe I'll chime in. <laughs> oh, I, I can't talk on Jersey City. I can talk on Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. But, uh, you've, you've seen some things, haven't you? Personally? I haven't. I haven't. Okay. I haven't really been looking. No. But I hear a lot of gunshots now that I've never heard before in Hell's Kitchen. Wow. Um, and, that, and that goes back to what we were talking about with the upheaval of crime. Yeah. So, but what's, what's happening in Jersey city? Uh, you know, it's just, um, just read the news folks. Everything's fine. <laughs> you don't have Everything's fine. anything you don't want to talk about. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know what to, uh, you can, you can clean all this up. You can ditch all of this if you don't want it. In. I don't even know. Yeah. I would have to have started a timer when we started and I didn't. So. It's okay. Okay. Uh, but you know, whatever. I'll you- say this. I'm in Brooklyn. I'm, I'm fine. Everything, everyone I know is healthy. Thank God. Yeah. Um, you know, praying for my family every day and all of your guys' family and all of you guys. And you're you know, a good dude, yeah, Pat. I'm just, I'm just trying to control what I can control. And that is yeah. Mindy's apartment. We work on it a little bit. Every weekend, and we get rid of stuff. Today, we dropped off a her old Mac. You know, have you ever had like an old giant computer laying around? Mm-hmm. Tom, we went to your favorite place in the world, uh, Mikey's Hookup, who might as well sponsor the show at this point, since we talk oh, about them so much. Mikey's Hookup. That is, I'll say, and I'm saying this: the, the Mikey's Hookup never given me a nickel off on anything. I'm only saying this. <laughs> I'm not asking for it. I'm not asking for uh, on stuff. I'm just saying Mikey's hookup is an electronics place. So there's one in there's one in uh, where are they? Williamsburg. Williamsburg, and there's one in L.A. And one in L.A. A, now, yeah. And the Mikey's, they are top notch, man. You need any kind of 
you need any kind of cables or electronics or, or answers to things or your computer's broken or whatever. And I am, this is not a paid thing at all. I again, uh-huh. again Yeah. It could be though, if they're interested. Wait, Are they yeah. like a hip radio shack? <laughs> yeah, basically you nailed it. They're, they're a hip radio shack. And they like, yeah, it's like decent, decent, uh, people running this, uh, this electronics thing and they actually kind of try to give you answers to stuff and they're not, they're not giving the answers that put money into their pocket. Like I've, I've, I've waited and seen them deal with customers and um, they'll always just be like, well, maybe you call the thing before you bring it in and we have to, we have to charge you, you know, the flat thing to have it try this and this. And then if that doesn't work, come on in and then we'll take care of it. But they're like, they're, they're actually, they actually seem to care. Which right, is, which is very, and, uh, very nice. And I'll say this: that they're also like they are the place to go when, when like you know, if you illegally downloaded something and then you show up at the Apple store and you're like, I don't know, it just stopped working, uh-huh. but it's under warranty and you can't explain what it is. Like uh-huh. they're 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 the certified Mac uh, place where you could just be like, yeah, I downloaded X, Y, and Z, and now it's what <laughs> you could they, they could be like, yep, got it. Like they are not gonna penalize you for it or judge you for it or whatever it is. Like I've, I've, I've definitely had like illegal software issues in the past where like, you know, I had to be like, uh Oh, like now nine yeah. out of 10 programs don't load. And this is probably why mm-hmm. or whatever. I, but they, they're the ones Jason who fixed my, uh, my laptop uh, that, that died like last year. Oh, uh, is that laptop working again? Oh yeah. It's been back. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've been using it for months. Wow. I mean, I'm, using, I'm using Mindy's right now because it's newer. But anyway, yeah. we, we we went by there because she had an old iMac and we're like, you know, we wiped it and then we're like, we just need to get this out of the apartment. And it was like one thing to do. Uh, and I bought like a cable I needed and it was just like an easy thing to do. They had like a ping. They, they're, they're like blocking the door with their ping pong table so you could just go in and out. Uh, not a lot of people in there. So yeah, we're just trying to, you know, I'm, I'm working on controlling what I can control. As I said, um, you know, we can make her apartment a little bit nicer. We've been here mm-hmm. since March 12th and, uh, you know, I hope to go back home at some point. Maybe I will be able to, and then I'll work on my place a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, like I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm glad that you did. I'm glad Mikey's hookup was kind to you because I am definitely a fan of Mikey's hookup. Yeah. And, uh, they helped me get all the setup for, um, doing the mobile version of the best show. And on this episode, you'll hear uh, a conversation with me talking to Paul Shear, where I went to him and talked to him outside of his home. And, uh, they helped me figure out the, the way to, uh, record the stuff and, yeah, they, they came through for me. So I am pro Mikey's hookup. And again, I'm not, not sponsored by them, but if you're in New York or Los Angeles and you're looking for some electronics help, that's, uh, that they did right by me. So I just saw Paul, Paul, Paul. I don't want to hear any. If I start hearing <laughs> that, that, Anybody, I'm not gonna say name names, but then you go, yeah, I'm on the best show and sure wouldn't, wouldn't mind getting some free cables. <laughs> <laughs> but you do Mike's voice when saying that. 
Hey, I, yeah, it's a little weird. I, I mean, I got, I got my own, I got my own uh, computer hookup over here. Huh. You got your own Mikey's hookup. You know, you know what they're called? What? The computer guys. <laughs> Straightforward. Yeah, <laughs> they're good. I don't right, know. That sounds a little, right, a little shaky to me. <laughs> right down the block from me. All right, computer guys. Yeah, the computer guys do all right by Mike. Oh yeah. Well, then let me adjust what I'm saying. I don't want to hear <laughs> anybody going into Mikey's hookup and being like, "Hey, I'm going to Mikey's hookup." It's, uh, <laughs> what's what do you got going on back there? <laughs> or I don't want to hear, "Hey, I'm going." <laughs> no one out here. Anybody goes in and starts trading on the name. The best show. Because that, that's what I do. I go into a store and I'm like, "What's going on back there?" <laughs> No, I'm just. <laughs> hey, one thing since the last time we spoke uh, on a best show, uh, I put my show up online so oh, everybody the, can see it. Yeah, the midlife crisis. Yeah, Jason Gore's midlife crisis. It, since I don't think I'm going to do it in a theater anytime soon, it's uh, up for free to everybody for everybody to watch at jason-gore.com. So. And it's a great show. Awesome. Thank you. I wasn't fishing for that, but no, I appreciate it. But I'm glad. Uh, Keep doing it. Yeah, and you'll be back doing it. Yeah, I, I miss it. Mm-hmm. I miss. I miss. I was talking, telling Kristen the other day. Like, I really miss performing live. But I'll be back. We'll all be back. You'll be I back was... up there spanking the boards before you know it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh huh. I can't wait to spank those boards. Yeah, you'll be back up there, spanking those boards, <laughs> bringing the house down. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say because uh, Paul Shear is going to be on this show. I just watched the uh, LSD documentary on Netflix. Have any of you guys seen that? I saw the. I saw that it was up. I saw like a trailer for it. Yeah. How was it's, it? It's okay. You know, a little. Little more pro LSD than I would have expected, but hey, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's making a comeback. I mean, there's been some books out sort of pro LSD. Mm-hmm. I don't know, LSD just seemed like something I couldn't I couldn't handle, so I, I never did it myself. I never did it. Right. And, and, I wanted to, but looking back on it, no, I just I just haven't done it. Hey man, it's still out there. Oh, I know. I, I can still do. This might be a perfect time. It, actually, this would be hell. No. But you listen to the, you listen to the stories, and I still don't feel like I've missed out. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's some really negative stories. There, there are a couple. They go into some bad trip stuff. Mm-hmm. Ben Stiller's on there. He uh, he did it exactly once, and he he knew right away that he he would never do it again. Uh. I have a feeling that would have been my experience, you know, too. I, I would have just regretted it as soon as it started. <laughs> as soon as the show started, I would be like, why did I do this? Uh huh. Cause it's not much. Apparently, you know, you're not supposed to look in the mirror. That if you look in the mirror on LSD, you know, it makes it worse. You know, I've heard, I heard from people I've met, you know, the thing about the, uh, you know, inanimate objects moving, your fingers growing. That type of stuff. Um, there's some more colorful stories on this documentary, but uh, 
And there's like an animated dead video, right? Well, there's lots of animation in the, uh, in yeah. general. Um, like I said, they, they play it for laughs mostly. They, you know, they, they've got all the old archive footage, military footage mm-hmm. about LSD and all that stuff. Timothy Leary puts in a cameo. Actually, his son's in it. It's worth watching. So you're, um, so wait, you've been listening to all these Grateful Dead records straight? <laughs> yeah, that's the amazing, that's the amazing thing. Yeah, actually, Mark, Ma- Mark Marin's in it. You know, he, okay. he talks about going to a dead show and he, he felt like it enhanced the show. But yeah, you're right, yeah. Did, uh, did any of the characters say, uh, now this is before the internet. This is before we didn't have Twitter or anything. Yeah, I love when that divide is clear. <laughs> Nick Nick Nanny uh, did a a uh, a very funny Instagram story this week where he pointed out that 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 is such a common cliche line in documentaries, and it made me laugh a lot. Yeah, I don't think. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Yeah, I don't think that there's that's mentioned too much. You know. Um, it's it's basically people describing their their experiences. I want to get back. So you just like it's like not being drunk at a baseball game. <laughs> no, I I did drink when you know. Although I think the first show I was only seventeen, so I don't think I could drink. Um, yeah, I, I would drink at, at shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would be the worst show to be the first time? Because it seems like a dead show would at least have a community around it. Um, what would be the worst thing to be the first time you you uh, you you did LSD and went to a, a show? What would be the worst show you could see for your first uh, for your first trip? Oh, I got that. Actually, I, I think the, the first concert I ever went to, which was a huge. The huge English town dead show, over a hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it comes up in the documentary that you, you know it, it's important to set where you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had trouble. You know, they talk about not being around strangers. So just just imagine being around a hundred thousand strangers. You know, yeah, uh, I think that would have been a nightmare. Um, but. Uh, I had trouble with pot being around strangers. I had bad times when I, I was smoking pot and I was in a, a different house or something like that. So, uh, house. what's that? You're not talking about the guy's house. What guy? The sound system guy. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> no, I would just drink over there. The room. You're, you're talking about the room. But they would do edibles, right? Oh, yeah, they were doing everything up there. They were doing edibles. They were smoking. Uh, he had very, fi- very fine uh, tequila, mm-hmm. you know, very rare tequila. You should yeah, I was quarantined with him, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what kind of tequila was it? Did they, oh, did they you know, I mean, he was a, it... he's a connoisseur, you know. I mean, yeah. you know, you could be a connoisseur of any liquor. And get all these exotic liquors. Tequila, I think, is one of those that, yeah, it's kind of endless. You can keep trying all these different tequilas. So he whipped out a bottle of Cabo Wabo. Yeah, he's got all he's got he's got all these things that are you know pretty expensive. Some of them, you know, Cabo Wabo yeah. Gold. 
Yeah, that's the, <laughs> and that's the that's the top shelf stuff when it comes to Sammy Hagar. Um, the guy who brought you, the guy who quality control has been the most uh, <laughs> defining part, defining part of his career. A guy, a guy who uh, that's that's one of the lowest batting averages in the history of recorded music. Oh. I love Sammy Hagar. I love Sammy Hagar. Do? Oh boy, I do. What, what do you love? Tell me what. I don't know. There's something about it. I I really enjoy. I like Van Hagar. I don't really like his solo oh my stuff. God. But I, I am what, a, a Van Hagar fan. I see where this is going. So far, part two. Well, you know what it's going to be? When the when the output starts getting lower and lower from these guys, we're going to have to add a new band in there. Yeah. We might as well just go with Van Hagar. Yeah. I'm game. I wouldn't. I would not be. I would not be. No. Game. That no. That would be a true test for me. Yeah. I, I, it's already a lot to get through so far. Yeah. But the, but right now, we're, Stills is not going to keep putting four albums out a year, <laughs> right? Um, but the, look, the thing is, I'll give Sammy ha- I give Sammy Hagar a lot of credit because I read his book. It's a great book. It was a good book, read. Yeah, and he said one thing in it that that um, that I was very impressed by. He was just like, "You got to play every angle on this stuff." And you gotta squeeze it where you can get it. And it, a little bit, pennies make dollars, basically is what Sammy said. Some version of that. Where he was like, when he would go on the road, he would put in his rider for a, uh, a good, bo- a good bottle of wine. Would always be on the rider for yep. every show. And he was like a maniac touring. He was on the road all the time. So he put down this good bottle of wine and then, but he wouldn't drink them. There'd be a good bottle of wine backstage. He'd take it. And then by the time he'd get home, he'd have 60 bottles, just 60 really good bottles of wine. And year after year, then you turn around, the guy's got this, this like wine cellar that he's, he ended up with this amazing wine cellar just that someone else paid for. Uh huh. And he was just like, like things like that I thought were interesting and it made me want to be just like, like I, I, I understand him and I kind of root for him as a person a little bit, but it's just like push comes to shove though that me, you put the music on some worst stuff you ever heard in your life. I will and say, I will agree with you. Heard, I, you've never heard worse music. I do root for him more as a person, I think, but I do enjoy the terrible music that you're describing. Cause what's a great song he did? I've done everything for you. You've done nothing, but that's a great song. That's a great song. Rick's I don't drive 55. Can't drive 55. I think that's I sang that. that today. You sang it. I can't. I know I sang it. It was today. Sang. Yeah, it was today. Before we left to go to Mikey's hookup. Uh huh. There we go uh, again. I said to, uh, great shop. I said today <laughs> that. What are you guys doing back there? <laughs> Before I went there to ask them what they were doing back uh, there. And if I hear, if I hear word comes back, I'm, you, I'm saying, right now, <laughs> Mikey, if anyone from the show comes in and starts trying to, starts trying to, starts trying to, uh, to, to, uh, to, uh, try to, try to just become off like a big shot with you. You let me know, Mikey. 
We'll take care of it in house. <laughs> um, so you you were singing. I just I just it's not it's it's pretty uh, uneventful. I just I I um, Mindy asked what the temperature was. I checked my phone. It was fifty five, and instead of saying fifty five, I you know. How did you relate it to weather? You said 55. I did. Yeah, exactly like that. Nice. I think I just sang sang 55, but then Mindy started singing the rest of the song. For a while there, he would take that car out on tour. And, like, so if you saw the circle at, like, Walnut Creek Amphitheater or something, you could check out the car out in the parking lot. He should, he should do a pandemic song. I will wear my mask. He said, no, he, uh, he, um, he put a video out that we talked about on the, the show I'm um, doing with Julie Klausner, Double Threat, where he was like, hey, rockers, you gotta, uh, gotta, uh, respect this so we can get back and start rocking again and stuff. And at the end of it, he says something so <laughs> gross and upsetting. You gotta say it. No, you say it. Um, oh man, I'm so, cause I'm so horny. He's like, I just want to get back out there again. And man, I'm so horny. <laughs> but he doesn't mean it for like, for like, so for sex. He's just, he means it for rocking. I don't know. Is he married? Uh, oh yeah. He's married. Yeah. He's very okay. happily married. Oh, okay. His, his, Instagram's one of the best Instagrams. It's great. How is he not on Cameo? He might be on Cameo. I don't know if he is. He should be. He should be. There's no way he would probably... How is... Is David Lee Roth on Cameo? Oh, God. He would clean up. Yeah. I don't think I saw he the is. the guy from The Office. The guy from The Office, that guy who plays Kevin, is on there for like 300 a pop. I saw a friend of mine got one from the guy from The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. What do you think he he gets? Hundred bucks. No. More. Three hundred and forty-five dollars. Three hundred forty-five dollars. The the host from The Bachelor. To get. I don't even know his name. I don't know that guy's name. Oh, the ho- Chris Harrison. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. He's, yeah, that's worth it. That's worth it. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, Right. <laughs> I'm telling you one thing. If I find out you're going on Cameo and you're contacting them asking for discounts because it's best show stuff, <laughs> same thing goes with Mikey's hookup. If I find out, hey, what's going on back there? Maybe throw me a discount code? <laughs> <laughs> Larry Wilcox from Chips. How much do you think he charges? Hundred bucks. Thirty dollars. Well, that makes more sense. Wow, yeah. thirty. I know it's a good deal. Yeah. It's honestly a steal. Get John from Chips. Yeah. Peter Noon from the Herman Hermits. Herman's Hermits. From Herman's Hermits, what's he charging? He's charging fifty bucks. You nailed it. Wow. Okay. Hello, it's me, Peter Noon from Hermits, <laughs> and I want to say happy birthday, Craig. You have a mother. But yeah, that guy, uh, 
he's a big, he's one of these guys who's always like doing the, like where it's just like, welcome back to the Beatles uh, show. And we're talking and I'll tell the stories about behind the, it's like what, behind the scenes with the, you, you weren't in the Beatles. You weren't <laughs> Herman's Hermits. <laughs> yeah. I want Herman's Hermit stories. When we were recording, Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely daughter. I can let you know the recording was quite exciting. It's, oh, okay. Uh-huh. The song blows. Um, so, uh-huh. you, Mike, we missed your – you feel like we missed your window on Cameo? We were re- No, no, Tom. Uh, you know, if, if this thing gets extended further – uh, I think I, cameo may be a lifesaver to me, yeah. as far as my my sanity goes. Yeah, it, it'll it'll give me something to uh, focus on day to day. So yeah, I mean, I'm thinking like June. Yeah, June may be a real possibility now. So you're saying if this is still going in June, yeah, you'll you'll hit cameo. I just want to say, get ready to get on cameo, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I mean, part of that resistance was that I, you know, people have supported me so much over the years for the show, and I really appreciate it, you know? Yeah, and you've you've been very, all all kidding aside, you don't, you're not, you're not out to like, right, cheap thing or just rip people off and stuff. Yeah. You appreciate, we all appreciate the, the support of the audience and the, and the support Mm -hmm. for the show. Yeah. So, you know, I just didn't want to just jump in there and just start gouging people. But, you know, I think it's actually, like I said, I think it, it might serve uh, uh, another function for me. So I'll be able to put my myself into it more and uh, devote myself to it. No, I feel like this is what I want to know. You were talking at one point, there was the, the chance that you would do like Vince Neil style. One. Yeah, I could do that. I could still do that. Is there any chance, and if so, how much would it cost for me to get a cameo from Beerface? <laughs> for you, nothing, Tom. No, no, no. I'm just saying, as a, as I'm maybe a, that'll be maybe that'll be my. Uh, do you have to put an introductory video up? You know, like yes, maybe yeah. maybe that'll be my. You know, personal shout out to you. I'll do a beer face video. <laughs> you could say, you could do in that thing. I'll do, I'm on Cameo. I'm excited to be part of the Cameo family. Yeah. And you can request your video by, by like Vince Neal, by AP Mike, by Vince Neal style, or you can get a beer face one also. <laughs> give, yeah. Give some options. Uh huh. Yeah. That's good variety, man. Uh huh. And then you'll start getting people where they're just like, I got beer face to wish me uh, happy birthday. Yeah, well, I got I got Mike as Vince Neil to wish me. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get one of those too. People will be going back multiple times. Yeah. What would get you the- what, what would you do if this was happening on K? You join Cameo and you're charging for forty. I don't know. Thirty sounded okay. I'll say thirty. It's you and um, who was thirty that we just mentioned? Peter Noon, Larry Wilcox. Larry Peter Wilcox. Peter, Peter Newton's 50. You're, Mike, you're, Larry Wilcox seems like a, a, a fair equivalence. Yeah, yeah. So you're on there. How would you feel 
every day one guy keeps buying videos from you. No, I, I'd, be a little, I'd be a little, a little frightened by that. Yeah. Every day, 30 <laughs> bucks shows up. Uh huh. Same guy. Hey, Mike, I want you to, to wish me, uh, uh-huh. happy Thursday. Uh huh. And to tell me to keep going. <laughs> and keep believing in us. Yeah, no, I, I I cut him off at a certain point, you know, like you know, <laughs> enough already, you know. I I appreciate it, but you know, you 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 you're going overboard. <laughs> you're spooking me out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like uh, you've given me hope to look forward to June now. I agree. I agree. I'm going to buy one every day, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Kristen will appreciate that. Yeah. I'm suddenly pro pandemic. Uh-huh. Suddenly, oh, finally, a silver lining has come out of this thing. <laughs> AP Mike's going to be on Cameo. Uh-huh. Get the beer face video. I'll be the first one too, Mike. <laughs> you join Cameo. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. First one out of the box. It's going to be you, you doing a beer face video for me. Uh-huh. I'm ready. I'll, 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 I'll get you your kickback, Tom. I mean, you started I, this ball. I, I we started this ball rolling. I'm like, I am, I'm giving you the same, the same policy I've got with Mikey's hookup. You're not giving me a nickel. I don't want it. I don't want it. I support the thing. Cause I, I look, Mikey's hookup, I support. I support him. I'm not looking for it's not some shakedown where I'm looking for some free uh, quarter inch uh, jacks from him or something. Uh, it'd be nice though, right? No, 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 no. Oh, I okay. I want them to stay in business. I want uh-huh. them to stay in business. Uh-huh. But I'll say this: guy from Mikey's hookup said he liked the best show, and it was sweet. He said, "Oh, we appreciate you coming here. We love the show, and we love all the stuff." So, made me feel. Made me feel appreciated as a customer, but those rats at that pinball museum—I tell you—that <laughs> rat at that pinball museum—I don't ever want to hear another. And I'm not even going to mention the name of the place. I'm Paul. Call it. How many people do you think went to that place because we talked about it on the show? Oh uh, yeah, dozens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say I've heard from so many people that like I went to the pinball museum because you talked about it. I go in that place, that bum never gave me a, <laughs> never gave me a, a second look. Uh, Nothing. You go in there, oh, don't worry, there's a, a museum set up for other DJ, other DJs. They, it's a, it might as well be the, the Hall of Fame for them. Yeah, I, I know what DJ you're talking about. That's fine, and I like, yeah. I, like I like Glenn. I'm talking about Glenn Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's pals with them. I'm, I was uh, doing the same thing. I was bringing people in. Yeah. Museum. Cause I didn't do it well enough. Uh-huh. To make the guy, and they, they own that cluck you chicken is the thing. Oh, they own that too? Yeah, so I'm saying, I say, they, I won't spend a nickel at cluck you chicken, and I won't spend a nickel at that pinball museum. Uh-huh. Tom, I don't think that they gave any cred to Chris Gethard either, who literally put that place on his television show, on his mm-hmm. cable television show. They all went yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! I don't think his picture's on the wall either. Uh, well, that's fine. I was just looking. I was the figure the guy could have thrown me a, a peanut butter cup every once in a while, <laughs> right? You want uh-huh. the, you want a, a peanut butter cup? 
Yeah, thanks. No, I've had people, they have gone in there and they're saying, oh, I went here because he taught at the best show. Tom talked about it. Go, eh. Guy goes, eh. <laughs> he grunts at them. Eh. And look, I hope, this is what I hope happens. I hope that pinball museum stays in business. They get through this pandemic and they get on the other side of this. And I want them to thrive. I want nothing but the best for them, but I'm never plugging it again. You could have thrown me a peanut butter cup every once in a while. <laughs> I didn't even know they had candy in there. Ah, they got candy. Yeah. Yeah. All the, all the yeah. business of the best show threw them. Uh. Yeah, I came here because of the best show. Uh. <laughs> it's like it's like it reminds me of the end of uh what what show was that taxi good night mrs walters uh. remember those credits the uh, the title card at the end of yeah. uh, sitcoms yeah i remember that good night mrs walters uh. turns out that i went and opened the pinball museum after uh after he did the end credit end card <laughs> But I salute, look, whatever. Everybody's got these businesses. I hope all the businesses make it through. It's really a challenge. And I'll say, if you've got a local bookstore or a local record store and they're important to you and they're not open yet and you're worried about them staying open, shoot them an email. Ask if you can buy a gift card. Ask if you can buy, do some mail order. Every little bit's going to make the difference on these places staying in business. So reach out to local businesses, ask them the ones you are, the ones you, you want to put, you don't want to be the person who goes, Oh, why they're gone in there. I'm sad that they're gone. It's like, try to try to do something. If you've got, if you've got money and you're looking to buy something, don't buy it at Amazon, contact these local businesses and ask them if they, uh, if they can do mail order or, or pickup or whatever, just help them. Yeah. Help them, keep the, help them keep the power on for when they, for, you know, when they, they can just keep paying their rent just to, to, to be there when this is over. Uh, I tell you, the look on that guy's face couldn't have been more disinterested. Uh. <laughs> but wait, wait, th- th- this is someone. That was in front of you that tried to say this, or this is you heard him. No, say- I've, no I've been there. I've met, I've talked to the guy at the. I've talked to the guy. It couldn't. The guy wasn't interested in me. He's not interested in when listeners would come in and say they went. And I wasn't going there looking for a freebie. I paid already, and then I mentioned- right, right. But what was the conversation like? Wh- what did you approach him saying, and what was? And then he responded. We talk. I talk a lot. I do a radio show, and I, I talk about the. Uh, I talk about this place a lot on it. Yeah, you know, like we talk. Like uh, I talk about it with the listeners a lot. Uh. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, dude, I- it's like that dude I saw going into UCB Chelsea wearing a, a Newbridge shirt, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm Dudio," and he's like, "Okay, yeah." Well, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. That's like that tracks, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, that one's real. Yeah. I'm kidding. That was not. Yeah. Look, we've all had those happen. I told you the one that happened to me when I went to the haunted, uh, the haunted prison in Philadelphia. And I was there with Hayes Davenport from Hollywood Handbook. And we're lined up waiting to get into the next portion of the haunted, the haunted prison. Because they, they're kind of like controlling the flow of people. And then there's this monster. 
this monster, Hayes and I are talking, and this monster literally goes, oh, my God, are you here, Hayes, to heaven for, like, and he starts to <laughs> He's like, oh, well, I'm such a huge fan of Hollywood Handbook. I just want to say, oh, it's so, I can't believe you're here. This is so exciting. And then Hayes goes, oh, thank you so much. It was very, it's very nice of you to say it. Hayes goes, well, if you know me, then you, uh, you know who this is. This is Tom from the best show. And the guy goes, oh, um, yeah, hey, how, I was like, <laughs> got blown <laughs> off by a monster. <laughs> guy dressed in monster makeup. Uh-huh. Gave me the high hat. He gave uh, me the hat, Mike. What yeah, kind yeah. of monster was he? They just put low grade monster makeup on him. Okay. He was it was he like a Frankenstein, a wolf man? No, a... Just, a, just a messed up face makeup. Okay. You know, just like just some slap some slap some some red paint on their face. Zombie face. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just like not 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 a normal person. Just maybe it looks like a chemical spill happened or something. Oh. I love the idea of anyone breaking character in a haunted house or a colonial Williamsburg thing yeah. or like any or like medieval times. Like you know, well, there are characters like like at colonial. My my friend lived in the in the colonial Williamsburg area, and she would drink at the colonial Williamsburg bars, like as part of the park or whatever, because the people in character would stay in character late at night and drink with you. So like Patrick Henry would be sitting there as Patrick Henry drinking with you. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> so he'd be making speeches every once in a while. Yeah. Oh, he would, I yeah, mean, okay. he, he was sitting there in his time with uh-huh. you drinking, uh, drinking a Coors Light. Uh-huh. What, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Get blown up by the monster. Get blown yeah. up by the pinball guy. Um, you know, a movie I watched the other night, Mike. War What's of that? the Worlds. War of the Worlds. The one with Tom Cruise in it. Yeah, yeah, I watched oh, that yeah. recently too. Set in Bayonne. Got a little taste of Bayonne. Yeah, yeah. I never saw- seen it. <clears throat> Is that where he lived? Yeah. What was yeah. that big bridge? Is was that bridge uh, real the, or was that CGI? The Bayonne Bridge. That was the Bayonne Bridge. Yeah, and then it, you know, then they CGI'd it. I mean, they didn't. But uh, yeah, it's a big bridge. <laughs> You're saying they didn't blow it up? They didn't blow it up. Yeah. Okay. I'm amazed that the aliens made. But it they would have. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought they were. I'm amazed the aliens made it out of Bayonne without getting. Uh, the wire, the wiring stolen from there. Uh-huh. From, from those things. I'm surprised they didn't, surprised they didn't hit a wall and they would be just like, yeah, somebody stole the engine out of this thing. Well, they stepped over masses, so yeah, they, they yeah. missed, they, they missed that encounter. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't see one of the, I'm surprised I didn't see one of the masses regulars in there kind of just, Pulling, pulling out like stealing copper wiring from a from an abandoned building. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They been like, yeah, we're we, we're we're kind of stripping these aliens clean. The um the other thing with that movie is uh they just the Bayonne Bridge. It's like uh the the most unbelievable part of it was that all those cars were on it when that thing got blown up. That the bridge yeah. was open. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that was actually before all the work on the bridge. Bridge so. construction for twelve years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I the first thing I didn't believe in the movie was when the bridge started. These cars falling off of it. I'm like, uh-huh. this bridge is open for ninety minutes a day. Uh huh. Yeah. How do all these cars get on it? I think I told you the story about when they were filming that uh, Tom Cruise stopped by my uh, uncle's sister had a coffee shop at the time. And he stopped in there to have a coffee, get a coffee. And they took a couple pictures and so on. And they, you know, it started off as an article in the local paper. Then it jumped to the Star Ledger. You know, a couple weeks later, they did a story on it. Then, like, a couple more weeks later, it hit the New York Times. You know, I mean, that story just kept going and going. It was it was phenomenal. That he was hanging out. Yeah, yeah. He hung out at this little coffee shop in Bayonne. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a more gruesome movie than I remember. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about the amount of blood in it. That there's basically the, other- the, the entire, like, landscape is covered in blood. Uh-huh. Yeah. So and then, then Tim Robbins' creepy character. Yeah. The other, if you can find them on the streaming services, the other Bayonne classics are uh, Hysterical Blindness and Mortal mor- mortal Thoughts. Uma Thurman is Hysterical Blindness, right? Yeah, yeah. And what is the other one you said? Mortal Thoughts with uh, Bruce Willis. They both. They all shot in Bayonne. Yeah. What was Mortal Thoughts? I don't remember that movie. And actually, that's the Mortal Thoughts is is sort of like a. I guess it's like a, a crime drama. I don't remember all the details. I remember I just stumbled upon that movie watching television one night, and I see. I think I think it was at the height of remember zebra pants. Uh huh. Remember when zebra pants came in and it was sort of the rage? Sure. Lots of guys, lots of guys were actually wearing them in public. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, there's a scene where I think uh, maybe Bruce Willis is wearing the zebra pants <laughs> and, it, and it, it, it was like, I'm talking, I guess I'm talking about like the early nineties. I think the movie came out like in the late eighties and I'm like, man, this, this movie, I'm, I'm five minutes in and I feel like, was this shot in Bayonne? I just got the Bayonne experience just seeing those zebra pants. And, and sure enough, they were, yeah, it, it had been shot in Bayonne. You could feel, it. Think, you could feel yeah. the Bayonne-ness of it. I don't think they refer to it as Bayonne. Just like, I don't think they ever say Bayonne in historical blindness. Mm-hmm. You just get sort of a northern Jersey vibe. Sure. Is what they're going for. Yeah, like a Hudson County vibe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but if you can track those down, worth, and, worth watching. Okay. And then, um, there's a, there's the, um, Chris Rock, uh, Pat knows this one, the Chris Rock, uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins movie, Bad Company was shot in Jersey City that you see the, the, uh, you see, you see some of the murals that are on, um, what is that main drag there? Christopher Montgomery Drive. Not yep. sorry, Pat. Columbus Drive. Chris yeah, yeah, yeah. Columbus. Yeah, there's like a, like alongside some of the restaurants. There's a uh, 
there's a no uh, like a huge mural that they both walk in front of. Oh, that's so cool! I actually never saw that movie. Yeah, that's a it's a jersey. You'll you'll recognize it the second you see it. Um, it's not a great movie. Um, I know it's hard to believe that a, a movie with Chris Rock and Anthony Hopkins would not <laughs> would not be amazing, but in this case, it isn't. What is it called? Bad Company. Yeah. And um, I think it's one of those movies where, like, Chris Rock looks like a like a like a an agent that got killed in the line of duty, and they need to recruit him so they can pull off this this uh, this mission or whatever because they need him to look look the way he looks. Um, yeah, there's that one, and then um. What's that? Well, the other big Jersey City one is uh, uh, Joker. Yeah. Which, what parts in Joker can you recognize are specifically Jersey City? So, the the end when there's when there's riots in the streets, um, and where where his parents get shot. That is what. Uh, <laughs> it's, well, it's a pretty known <laughs> spoiler alert. Pretty, pretty known storyline at this point. <laughs> no, I didn't know whose parents get shot. Uh, I guess it's supposed to be Batman. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, so that, that's that's in front of the Lowe's Theater. Uh, um, that's the alleyway, like alongside the theater. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess in the DC world, and Dudio told me this. I didn't know this. It was it's known as Crime Alley in the DC verse, okay. and Crime Alley is that little alleyway uh, that leads to Magnolia Street behind the Lowe's Theater, across from the Journal Square Path Station, and okay. that theater is where they're coming out of at the end to uh, to a riot that's in place mm-hmm. from from the Joker who just appeared on uh, the Murray Franklin Show. Sure. Yes. And then when um, earlier in the film, when there's protests, there is a scene outside the Brennan courthouse. That's the county courthouse outside, not far from there, walking distance within Journal Square. There's a big old courthouse on Newark Avenue. And there is a scene where um, they're, they're like showing a, a Charlie Chaplin film. It's supposed to be like the Met kind of, but they're having this like historic screening. And I, don't, I don't really get what it was, but it was like it's supposed to be like this, this, you know, uppity upper class screening of, of, uh, city lights by Charlie Chaplin and the master. Yes. And so they're, they're, um, it's like a big, you know, upper class affair. They have this like red carpet thing and, you know, premiere, uh, restored film or whatever it is. And they have a protest outside with all the, all the like lower class people. And there's actually a scene that was cut. Um, the guy that's supposed to be Alec Baldwin, but they got that other actor who looks just like Alec Baldwin, uh, who's Thomas Wayne. He, he gets, uh, Arthur, the Joker thrown out. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was actually an extra in the scene that got cut with all the people out in the street where he's supposed to get like physically thrown out, like in the okay. cartoons. Mm hmm. And he, he, because he's a clown and he wants to save face, he turns it into a pratfall and does like a cartwheel and then lands on his feet to like this uproarious applause. And they got this shot 
where they like made it rain on everyone, all of us, all the extras. They made it, they had, they had that, that rain twirler. that's like a helicopter blade above everybody's head. It was so cold. It was miserable. They did the take like six times. And, uh, and then the, and then the director, Todd Phillips personally went up in front of everyone and thanked us all and said that the shot couldn't have looked better. He's so happy with it. And then we all walked back, uh, to the holding area where we like cleaned up and they took the wardrobe off. And then I went to see the movie and the scene was cut. I was like, man, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's, uh, did you get paid for that? Yeah, I, I got paid like a very good. Okay. Sorry. That's alright. I don't know what that, why that's hooked up to my computer. That's okay. Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's, uh, that happens here too. I don't know why. If you've connected ever to your phone, your phone or your computer, like sometimes now it rings on your. I don't like that. Yeah, you gotta go back to Mikey's. I gotta go back to Mikey's. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, but that that scene got cut, and it was a bummer. Do you feel like now in 2020, like Joker two would be him saying like um, him walking into like a, a Quiznos with a machine gun and just <laughs> ordering sandwiches? <laughs> I think it would be him. Yeah, like telling people to um, to just social. To not social distance anymore. And that we yeah, he would tell them if the, the clown makeup is, be, is, is as good as a mask. Yes. You're making reference to the guy who went to the subway with the rocket launcher, right? No, I didn't yeah. hear about that. <laughs> That's insane. When you, when you see the picture of that, you're gonna, you'll lose your lunch. <laughs> today's, did you see today's yet? The one with the guys outside the bar in Boston? No. no, I didn't. What were they? Doing? Uh, well, they're drunk and, and yeah, the, the bar is open. I guess, uh, this bar is like probably just risking losing its license, but yeah. it's packed out. It's packed out. Mm-hmm. And somebody walked by with their phone and they're shooting these people. And of course, you know, one guy takes, you know, he's not happy that some guy's filming them, you know, so he starts giving them a hard time. And then one guy, one drunk guy just goes like mugs right into the camera. He pretends he's holding a microphone. He goes, obey your mother. <laughs> and, you know, and then somebody uses a uh, profanity and, you know. Now, these guys are great and their heads are screwed on correctly. And that's where we're going, though. I, I have a feeling it's going to get worse with this stuff. You do know, you think, do you think that Trump will put the Joker, like, as his running mate, any chance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 He's not his running mate, but now it's Arthur Fleck is his. <laughs> Might as well, right? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to tell the difference between a movie and reality lately. Yeah. Um, anything else anybody want to touch on? Let me think. Good news for you, Tom. They're putting... Uh, Amazon Prime has, uh, I didn't realize, I guess California Split had been edited for, for many years because of, uh, music rights. Yeah, there were music rights things, which is why it was not on DVD for, forever. Yeah. Well, they're, they're running the unedited version on Amazon Prime now. With the original music? Yeah, everything, yeah, it's, it's the unedited version. 
Did you watch it? No, I haven't watched it yet. I'm, I'll definitely watch that. It's, yeah. uh, that's a, that's a must see, uh, movie. If anybody, if anybody wants, uh, the best of the, the best of the seventies or you don't, or the, it's a, or you know Robert Altman and you're, you didn't see that one. Now's the time to see it then. That's a, yeah. That's the one that he was, um, California Split is interesting because it was kind of a dry run for the technology of, uh, Nashville to do the audio the way they did. Like, yeah, he used, he used some sort of system. I forget the name of it. Where they could mix, where they just had multiple channels going and they could go mix up and down and use what they wanted to from all the, yeah. they were recording so many different channels of uh, dialogue. Um, but it's, it's interesting for that reason alone is that it's like, if you're a fan of Nashville, then, um, you'd appreciate that part of, uh, that, that California split made Nashville possible for them to do that style of, uh, filmmaking where the audio is such a, a fluid, uh, a fluid element that just kind of like does its own thing counter to the visuals. Um, Yeah. That's great. Thank you, Mike, for the heads yeah. up. Check it out. Anybody have any plugs? Anything? No, just the... Oh, I, I, already, I already got my plug in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that early. Midlife crisis available. Yeah. Where um, Where is it available again, Jason? It's on my website. It's jason-gore.com. So. Over at jason-gore.com, you can check out Jason's full-length uh, solo show, uh, midlife crisis, which yeah. he had been performing for the last year and change. Is that uh, actually? I had been performing it for about three months. Oh wow, that you had been taught. It had been in the works for. Yeah, a while. I did a couple like audition shows for it, but then the actual run started in December. That's right. And so, then the last show we did, I think, was in February. Well, this is a good chance to see it, especially yeah. if you look. If you missed it when it was in a thing, or you were not in this in the New York area, yeah. Now's your chance to see it. And, um, so check that out over at jason-gore.com. And, uh, any, anything with, uh, we, we got June to look forward to for cameo with Mike. Yeah. Yeah. We got so far. So far coming up with episodes come out every Sunday. Yep. Which is the, uh, for Patreon subscribers. And, but the first two episodes are available for everybody. Uh, just up everywhere and, um, it's worth checking out. It's a lot of fun and people are enjoying the ridiculousness of it. And, uh, so, but it's a, but it's a fun thing and I'm, in, I'm really enjoying doing it and I'm, I'm, I'm all doing it together. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, um, Pat, anything you want to mention? Uh, yeah. Check out Jason's show. It's a great show. Pat, yeah. class, you're a gentleman. And uh, so far coming out. Oh, no, but I'll, I'll but I'll say this. Um, I know there's a lot of listeners to this show, um, young and old, old and young. Uh, this is a very serious thing going on right now, and I can't stress that enough. And it's just like I'm trying to stay positive, control what I can control, control what we both can control in this place that we're living, my girlfriend and I. But like. You know, it's just, it's sad and it's really frustrating to go out 
uh, on the streets and just see people not taking care of themselves and not protecting and wearing masks and stuff. So just please think about others. If you're going out, even if you just have like a scarf or a bandana, just please just wear it. It's a very serious time and just, you know, we all need to just do our part and take care of each other right now. It's, it's annoying, but it's just a necessary thing. So please just, uh, do, yeah. do what you can do and, 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 and hundred percent be safe. That's yeah. now, I, now I feel like a jerk. I told everyone to watch my show and you're like, well, no, hey, it's just be, take care of yourself. This <laughs> is a really rough Jason, time for everyone. I'm like, come Jason, watch me do dumb things. You're, uh-huh. you're telling people to stay home and watch your show. And that's yeah, what okay. people should be doing. If you have to go out or if you just right. are going crazy and you have, and you need to leave the house, it's understandable, but just yeah. be, be careful and be, be safe. smart about it. Yeah. yeah well, you don't have to be the person that screams at people. Right. It's like where sometimes people, I see people overreacting to people who are still abiding by the rules and are where they're just like, I saw a guy walking down the street by himself and he didn't, you know, it's like, like, well, it's just, I mean, look, it's not great. You should still wear the mask just to wear it. But it's like, like people, people sometimes are getting out, like somebody's not even the masking on the street, strike that. It's just like the, Somebody said, like, hey, can I uh, drive, can I just go for a drive with my windows up and um, and I'm not going to get out of the car and um, I just want to just know, is that is that okay to do? And somebody, like, started screaming at them on Twitter saying, like, stay the F home. You got to keep the roads clear of emergency vehicles. And for It's like, you can get if you're if you're losing your mind and it's going to get worse for you and you need to just like literally not be in your home but you're going to be safe about it. I think that's acceptable, right? Like, right, right. Yeah, wrong yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I've taken plenty of drives for that reason. Yeah, it's just, and, it's, it, and we're not talking about like those people. I just want to say like anyone who is like they're not talking about me I can leave without a mask it's like yes. every, every we're asking everyone to do this for for hopefully the shortest amount of time possible but like it's just for everyone's safety we like it's just please everyone just be smart and be safe that's all we're asking the whole thing is it's like look if it say and there was a version of it that turned out that it's just like it turned out that it's like hey it turned out that you didn't have to be as 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 mindful as we needed to be and you you felt that people were overstating certain things. It's like, okay, so then you were you you were right, okay? Like this is not any company. Nobody's like trying to score points off this. People are trying to stay alive off this, and they're trying to figure it out. And you just have to be cautious. And it's just like it's just promoting cautiousness, yeah, and, uh-huh. and respect for other people. It's like so if it turned out that people, and when we look back ten years from now, and it's like, oh well, it turned out we went one scooch further than we actually had to for the thing, then you get to say, I told you so 10 years from now, but now let's just try to just get through it. And yeah. nobody really knows. Nobody knows. Us. It's too so let's soon. Respect, let's respect the, 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 the worst case version of things and the, the reality of it and just try to, I don't know. There's like, it's like, if you, if you're doing this so that you, if you're looking forward to saying, I told you so, then you'll get to be the person that knew better, uh, that you were, you knew better than, and blah, 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 and it could, I'll, I'll take my hat, I'll tip my hat to you then. Yeah. <laughs> once this is all over, that you did more than you wanted to do because 
you didn't believe it, but you still did it. It's like, great. I'll tip my hat to you. You, you did right by society. But for the time being, let's just all be just mindful of the larger goal here and mindful of everybody's goal here and just try to be cool about it. Um, yeah. And I don't think, I don't think Dr. Fauci has said this, but when your mask begins to smell like ass, that's when you need to change it. There you go. It's Dr. List. <laughs> Maybe that, I think you just found his cameo name. Yeah. I'm going to say this. You say that enough. You start tweeting that much. There's a chance we'll see you at the White House and the <laughs> we'll take you out with, in the Rose Garden. There with the My Pillow guy. <laughs> From the best show, it's a great show, the best show. It's really one of the most popular shows. It really is great. This is a great, a great uh, associate producer on the show. Really, <laughs> just like on my. <laughs> and you'll just be up there talking about your cameo, <laughs> talking about beer face. We have beer face. <laughs> I'm excited to announce Beer Face has joined my 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 my. And you're standing next next to the my pillow guy. Yeah, my pillow guy. You're on. You're on now. The crisis yeah. squad and some dude from like Walgreens who doesn't know why he's there. <laughs> yeah, against so, as well. Being <laughs> yeah, just everybody be be safe and be mindful of other people, and nobody's enjoying this. No, so. Um, and the other thing I'll say is just if you're somebody who's in the business of being a, a comedian and you're a, a, a funny person, it's just like try to be funny every once in a while, huh? It's like you know, a lot of people suddenly uh, it's a it's a, wor- a world fall. I mean, it's like I feel like I'm getting my news reports from comedians now, and they, they bring some laughs, laughs every once in a while, uh-huh, yeah, some jokes every once in a while, uh huh. You help people. You help people with a few laughs. Yeah. But some of these people, it's just like they 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 think they're correspondents now. <laughs> and they're having yep. a hard time. Everybody's having a hard time with it. But you got uh-huh. everybody brings whatever skill set they got to the thing. You bring your skill set to your funny. Start being a little funny. Well, if you're not gonna, you're not betraying anything by not being somber and and stone cold serious about how awful the president is. Make a couple jokes. You're gonna look back and you're gonna be like, "Yeah, I could have, I could have, uh, I could have been funnier." It's not like they're out volunteering; they're sitting at home, but all they're doing is watching the news and complaining about it. Give me a joke every once in a while. Make it make me smile. Uh-huh. That's what you're here for. You think I like doing eight podcasts at once? <laughs> <laughs> no. But we're trying to just brighten people's days. If if this speaks to you, so be it. We're trying to make it the days go by a little easier with uh with a kind of a with a just with a, a lot of content. Mike, any plugs? No, no. Man, I really opened up a can of worms. I'm sorry. Guys. <laughs> Right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and and uh, everybody, keep staying safe, keep taking care of yourself, and yes. um, listen to so far the show over on the Patreon stream at patreon.com dot com slash the best show, and um, 
I'm doing a show with Julie Klausner called Double Threat, which is on the Forever Dog Network, and it's everywhere you get podcasts. You can check that out, and it's a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, we got we got a lot of stuff going up, and um, just keep uh, keep taking care of yourselves and just trying to stay sane. And uh, coming up next on the show is a conversation I had with one of my favorite people and one of my favorite comedians is Paul Shear. Uh, so take a listen to this and best show will be back next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Say bye. 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 The best show mobile unit on the go here in Los Angeles. I'm uh, with uh, Paul Shear. How are you, Paul? I'm doing good, Tom. I'm doing good. I like this drive up service of podcasting. You know, I've enjoyed drive-ins now a lot more because of the quarantine to have, uh, you come to my house is a, is a real treat. Yeah. Well, it's an honor to pull up, throw a cord out. You plug your own mic in. I'll roll it back up. I've got sanitizer. I'll wipe it down. I'll leave it in the sun for a few days. You are, you are the best show and you probably are the most sanitized show in, in town at this point. It probably is the most sanitized podcast going. By the way, um, just to give you a little, you know, I don't want, you know, to give away where we live, but, uh, no, you can. All right. Well, uh, you were right, you're right, you're right across from Ron Perlman's house, uh, this uh what you're looking at across the street is okay. Ron Perlman's house and uh and the only interaction I've Which had one? with Ron, that uh, one? this one um, oh, that one okay yeah that yes uh a lot of weird stuff goes on in there but the uh the only time that we've seen Ron Perlman is when he sped out of his driveway in, in his Tesla mm-hmm. and uh and gave someone the finger so that that's the only time we've seen him. I've I've hung out with Ron <laughs> Uh-huh. Back in the FX days, and he's a lovely guy, but uh, that is my favorite sighting yeah. of just an angry uh, finger being sm- yeah. <laughs> waved Ron. at someone. Ron's running a little hot sometimes. <laughs> I guess he's still not sure if he's on Sons of Anarchy anymore. He's still acting like Clay. Man, right. those guys, we talked about this. Those guys went around and like beat people up, right? Like the actors on the show, yeah. because, yeah. Oh, there's one guy who got murdered, like his, his landlord. <laughs> like oh, man it's uh it's one of those shows you start to uh you're just like we got to get authentic i just don't want the usual hollywood oh, people brother. pretending to be motorcycle guys <laughs> let's get some real trash in here mix them in with the actors and you, then you're just like hey one of them just killed somebody like uh-oh <laughs> the story that i heard and it, it it it's not as bad as murder but it was like i guess Someone went to go visit them at a convention. So mm-hmm. in a convention setting, we understand that you're an actor. I'm coming to see you because you're on a show that I enjoy. Someone came to see one of the actors in the convention setting with a Sons of Anarchy jacket, whatever their group, their sure. their motorcycle club logo was. And they're like, where'd you get that jacket? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I, you know, I made it. Well, you're not part of the, you're not part of the club. You're not part of the, like yeah. our thing. And they beat him up. Well, neither are you. It's like, yeah, it's this is a real. fictional thing. <laughs> that would be like if like George Takei just like started kicking people's asses yeah. for like uh, for stolen valor. <laughs> he sees you walking through Comic Con with with just an Enterprise. Like you're that's not your ranking. Yeah, you are, you are not uh, a member of Starfleet. 
I, I love that cosplay had gotten to the point where they, they didn't even, they were there for the fans and then they were beating them up for enjoying the show. Pass. They went, it's one thing you want to line up, pay me $60 for an autograph. That's fine. Just don't come wearing your, <laughs> your fake version of my fake <laughs> motorcycle gang. It's like, cause it's like, what was it? Sam Crow was the, the thing where it was like the, Sons of Anarchy Motorcycle Club uh in I can't try to th- spell that out. Oh right, that, I'm sorry. Now I remember. Yes, yes, yeah. I see I'm not a big Sons of Anarchy fan. I'm not an anarchy head, but uh No, I watched I watched up to season I watched w- so far into that show and that was one of those shows where they were Kurt 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 Sutter? Yeah, Kurt Sutter, yeah. Kurt Sutter clearly saw that people watched The Sopranos but were mad that, like, he was one of those guys who's just like, you got a show about the mafia. You're not killing enough people. And he's like, when I get my shot, there's going to be a body count on that show. You're not going to ever watch an episode without somebody getting killed on it. And it's just like, but the only problem is that's not remotely realistic. It took place in this small town in California, Charming. And the body count in the town was probably around 500 people killed by a motorcycle gang. It would be the biggest news story in America <laughs> that the small town with the motorcycle maybe gang. Maybe it's a story. Maybe it's a story about bad journalism in small town America. It would be that nobody investigated it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so it, it's always funny that, uh, people taking stuff seriously. Well, you've probably gotten some, uh, I'm trying to think, in terms of your, the things you've done, what is yeah. the thing? The, the league is the thing people spot you that... It's odd. I, I mean, and this is a weird thing to talk about because it's, it, it's not how I define things, but I can often tell, like I can kind of categorize people by what they kind of hit. Mm-hmm. And there's one person that really just clips in on best week ever, uh, and they'll say, <laughs> I love the 80s. Yeah. And... And then whenever that happens, I feel a need to like prove to them I have worked past that. Like, like it's sort of like done stuff since. I swear. Like, and that always makes me like Mm -hmm. in my head. I'm like, well, that was like I've said sometimes, and and felt like an asshole too. Like, well, that was my one of my my first job. Like, like Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, yeah. Uh But I just because I I feel guilty. Um, But yeah, the league is very big. Fresh off the boat is uh, is very big, and then the podcast is actually well. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in terms of just like, in terms of that kind of thing where it's like somebody. Andre, Andre, uh, Andre, yeah. Andre, League. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. League is definitely the most aggressive fan base that is treating me as I am the character by like comments and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So if, you know, you know, if I'm, if I say something like I like the Clippers, mm-hmm. I'm going to get a lot of, hey, don't wait for this truck to pass. Thank you to that essential yeah. worker. Uh, say like, you know, uh, oh, don't give them drape. There's a lot of like that, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. And so it actually forces me not to really take any chances, uh, wearing anything that could be related to Andre fashion or hats or anything. Cause the minute it's posted, it's like, oh, Andre hat. You're that's an get, Andre post. I'm like, let's just me. It's a me post. Yeah. yeah. But you're getting, you're, you're strangely getting penalized for yes success and then i'll go and beat the shit out of them yeah. you know i'll just find where they're living yeah. uh, i'll take off my old andre fedora and just i'll pistol whip them with my my fedora just like pop, 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 pop. 
<laughs> the, the um, can I tell you the other thing too yeah, that yeah. comes up all the time? So I, I on on how did this get made? And I'm going to now fulfill the prophecy by continuing this story. On how did this get made? We were watching some sort of old movie, '80s movie or something like that. And they just had like these really graphic kissing scenes. And I was talking to Jason and June about it. And I said, Oh, it's so funny when I was a kid, like I watched like a lot of love boat and there's like a lot of like open mouth kissing on that show. Like okay. it just is, that was, I feel like that was a, a bigger thing. It's not so prevalent anymore. And, um, and like I just like one night my mom was giving me like a, like a kiss at bed, you know, put me to bed. And like, I was like, oh, well, this is how you kiss. I just got, uh-huh. and like, I try, I, tr- I attempted, I attempted uh-huh. that move. And then uh-huh. my mom very quickly was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was like, oh, yeah. but that, no, she said, no, that's what, how adults that are, like, she explained yeah. the situation to me. Mm-hmm. I told that story once and that, like, I posted a picture yesterday because it was May the 4th be with you, the, uh, the Star Wars day. Yeah. And it was a picture of me as a kid and it's like, was that before or after you made out with your mom? And, and that, <laughs> that, that has followed me. In a way that I've been like, wow, I didn't even think it was that uh, scandals of a tale, but it no, is. Uh, it's going to be, you did something wrong. Your honesty <laughs> was a mistake. And you never have shared uh, a detail. <laughs> and and just think of it was something like where I could have said like, oh my gosh, I did, you know, I did have this moment where, you know, she was my stepsister or something happened. Like mm-hmm. if I did share a real. Yeah. A real thing, like we yeah. will just be like, Rawr. yeah, like just. Oh no, you never hear the end of it. It's funny though, with uh, just with the with the with the out in public thing, and the league being such a, I guess the sports aspect of the league mm. makes it makes it cut across a wider swath of of potential uh, fans. Yeah, that would be out of my because when I went, there was one time I was doing a fantasy basketball draft. In Las Vegas. Oh, wow. It's great. So fun. It is. It was the most fun. I've been wanting to get into a fantasy basketball league. It seems like that would be such a blast to do. Or is it too time-consuming? Oh, it's the, it's both. Yeah, okay. It's the best, and it's too time-consuming. Right. Because, like, I'll talk to these people who do, like, baseball ones. They're like, yeah, I set my lineup, and I don't look at it for two weeks. And then the basketball, you have to read, or football, where you're just like... Oh, football is it. Yeah. yeah, I had to, like, pull back from a lot of my... Yeah. Yeah, but... The fantasy basketball one is so much fun. I'm, I'm in this one league and it was, um, so we're in Las Vegas and we're at the MGM and it was me and Adam McKay is in the league mm-hmm. and the Sklar brothers were in town for the fantasy basketball draft, which they, they hosted it. Oh wow! Was so insane. it was a kind of a, a an organ, like, a huge production. Okay, got it. So only, everybody like, McKay, has their McKay own went, teams. Yeah, everybody has their own teams. Adam was so kind and and put together this ridiculous production where the Sklar brothers re- came out like came down the stairs in the suite. Oh wait, we they just hosted they your draft. Yes. Oh, Holy yeah. shit, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was oh, like, no. I thought it was like some sort of event. Oh, oh no, no, okay. no, oh, no, oh. no. This is 12, wow. 12 dummies with teams in the biggest production ever. And then I think, um, Blake Griffin called in, called in the to be like, this hey, is- hey guys, have a good draft. <laughs> that like, is, he went uh, so nuts. Then we go out to the, we're out in the casino. Yeah. And it's at the point of the, of the, it's NBA preseason. Right. And they have games in Vegas. They had a game in Vegas that night. And it was the Warriors 
and the Lakers, I think, and something like. I know it's the Warriors because it's me and Adam and the Sklars walking around, and I never saw the Sklars got stopped every five feet because oh, yeah. of because of the sports, the sport, the bleacher seats or cheap seats or whatever. Yeah, yeah. because of cheap seats, because of filling in for Jim Rome, and oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was they were they were like superstars on the casino floor and then at a point uh javel mcgee walks by what and goes oh <laughs> he runs over to them and kevin durant is with him what and then is just like javel mcgee's just like i gotta get my picture with you guys and he gets his picture taken with the sclars and Kevin Durant gave them just like the nod. Wow. And I was like, man, the Sklar's got this thing figured out. That, I mean, it, like one of the best things, like, I wish I was more of a football fan. Like, mm-hmm. like if, like, uh, and that was a cool, like, I loved the league and it was so much fun to do. And it got me, I was always like a football team fan. Sure. Not like a, I follow the league, uh, yeah. that much. And, um, you know, it was just never on in my house. And then the league got me very much into football and met all these great players. It was so much fun to kind of, for those seven, eight years, be fully immersed in that world and understand what was going on. But, uh, oh man, to be, uh, the NBA world is a, is a, is a more, it's into, I, there's a more f- play in it, it seems like. Well, you know, it's, you know what I think the difference with the NBA is that every other sport doesn't have is that the reason why it's it's twofold. It's one is just a, a sheer practical thing is that you see the players' faces. Yeah, they're, they're not wearing helmets. They're not wearing masks. You can see their 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 personalities come through all the time. They are not ever hidden behind a right. baseball cap or a helmet or a, or a hockey mask. And they're they're. It's so smaller it, too. It, it is. Yeah. It, it's like you, you know, you're starting five. Obviously, you're gonna have your whole team, but like you're seeing, you're just. There's a lot more stories to tell. There's a lot more personality. It's more of a players' league too. Well, it's like that's the other half of it. Is it's not, it's not a coach's. Ultimately, the NBA is not a coach's league, right? It's not like football where there's some guy up in the skybox saying what the next play should be because he's looking at it and it just looks like yeah, uh, it looks like a grid down there for him. It's basically when these guys are playing, if a, they can draw up whatever plays they want, but when the play breaks down, then it's just, you go make it Yeah, you're just playing, yeah. And you're also, the players are always, they don't alternate offense, defense either, which I think is a, I think those are the keys to why the NBA is the best of all. It's so much fun. And, and, you know, it's, uh, yeah, there's just, I also just think that there is, a good humor. Like, I just think that the NBA players, to me, mm-hmm. pound for pound, like, I, I know they're very funny NFL players, I know they're very funny baseball players, but there is a sense of humor in play within the NBA that I think trumps other sports. I think that they are just like, they have, like, their Twitter, NBA Twitter is funnier and more engaging Absolutely. than anything else. Yeah. It's like you follow, it's just like you watch players talk to players and goof around with players publicly or yeah or do like instagram videos it's like damian lillard is so good on social media because he's just engaged and you realize it's just like oh when him and Shaq had that rap battle i mean that was all of all day long i want that yeah Shaq, such a funny i mean i I, i've been 
aggressively playing NBA 2K20 sure. in this time, in this quarantine time. I have a great my team and everything. Um, but, uh, Shaq, like, I gotta say, Shaq's on my my team and he's, I have, like, I, I, my commitment to these players, because now I play them all the time on my, in whatever world I have, like, has grown in a way. Yeah. Anyway. Like, I'm like, I'll, I'll wax poetic about Gilbert Arenas. I'm like, oh, sure. that guy. Yeah. You know, because like, I, like, basically have Joe now Mandy's taken. Joe big buddy. <laughs> oh yeah, right. He got into, he got into I it with Joe Mandy on Twitter. I forgot it's about that. It's the funniest that. thing you think about that. Uh, it's like, there was a point where Joe Mandy, Mixed it up with <laughs> Gilbert Arenas, like round after round. That's so funny. Mandy's yeah. the best on that. Like just getting, engaging dumb dums mm-hmm. to get to spiral out. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Oh man. Well, who oh. else is on this team of yours? Well, my team right now, you got Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, got Danny Manning, who's doing really good for me. Okay. Uh, LeBron, um, keeping those Clipper roots. Alive uh, I, you know, I, Manning. yeah, I, I have a, I have an all-star, I have my all-star Clippers team, which is okay. my best Clipper player team as well. Um, who else do so I have? Is on? it the history of the, how, yes, through the history of the Clippers. Let me see if I can name some of these players. Let's okay. See. So it's an all-star Clipper team. Through the so you uh, you have and you got to understand that there's a, f- a few players that don't really exist. I mean, sure. you know, in the in the NBA 2K okay. world. Okay, all right. So you have Blake Griffin, Chris yes. Paul, mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan. Yes. You have Danny Manning. I'm yes. assuming you do. You have. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. You're missing like, two of the two of the biggest ones. You don't have Candyman on there. You don't have Michael Oliver Candy on there. No, no. I don't, I, they, some draft. of them I can't. I've not mm-hmm. pulled the cards for. Okay. Who are the other? I'm drawing. Them okay. Well, I mean, Kawhi and Paul George. You well, gotta. Course, yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta got those say. guys on there. Yeah. Um, you got uh, Norm Quentin Nixon. Richardson, Quentin Richardson. Uh, Quentin Richardson. That's good. Uh, yeah. Uh, who else? I have. Um, Darius I, Miles, you can fit a Darius Miles on there, maybe. I believe I'm trying because I've actually just pulled two new cards that actually changed a lot of things for me in this, uh, which was I got a, a Patrick Beverly at, at a 94. Okay. By the way, I don't mean to bore anybody with my oh, my team stats, but don't, Patrick don't Beverly as a point guard with a 94 rating is is pretty uh, pretty mm-hmm. solid. Um, and who else do I have coming off the bench? Danny Manning is always very very good for me. Um, gosh. Now I'm blanking on the other people because I, I'm playing my my core group. Oh, Michael Jordan's on my other my team too. Okay, but yeah. Hey, you know it's a it's a, it's a it's a fun way to kind of build. So I have like three teams that I kind of old school team of uh, all star of the Clippers team and then my 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 team mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. And sometimes I'll just go in a wormhole and just be playing these games and like they have any sort of stakes or anything. I just get real uh real passionate at home like when i win a game i'm like there's some nights i feel like uh, at the end of uncut gems it's like i've really pulled something off yeah well hopefully it doesn't go all the way to the end of <laughs> with the nobody's you don't have anybody locked behind a plexiglass oh, you know tom i was talking about this today and i know you're a big sandman fan yes um and i was getting into this conversation if you had to like pick like all right I want to throw these three movies out at you, right? Okay. You have to lose one. All right. Big Daddy, mm-hmm. Happy Gilmore, or The Wedding Singer. Which one would you lose? Big Daddy. That's what I think, too. I, I People seem to really love that movie, but I don't know if that's like... I feel like Wedding Singer and, and uh, Happy Gilmore are way more... Well, I think they each... It's like, if you think of what they need to accomplish, you can say goodbye to Big Daddy because... Each one of those movies did do something for Sandler's career where it's like, 
Happy Gilmore was just, he was funnier. Right. He, he got funnier than Billy Madison. Like, it was a step up from Billy Madison. He showed he belonged making yeah. comedies as a film star. Uh, Wedding Singer was the, was the human romantic side of him, which suddenly you're just like, oh, everybody likes this guy. Like, right. he's not just a, he's not just a maniac screaming at you. No, he's actually good at his job. He's yeah. somebody who is like, like, he's real. He's, he's the like most the real. He's a good boyfriend that people, that it's like, he's an, he's an aspirational kind of guy yes. in that. And Big Daddy has some of that, but I feel like Wedding Singer has enough of it that if you got a, what, Wedding Singer moves Sandler's maturity down the line enough. With the comedy attached to it. Whereas, like, yes. Big Daddy, I think, kind of walks that line of dramedy. I, like, it was one of those movies, and I've seen mostly every Sandler movie, I think, um, where I just feel like it's not a movie that I would want to revisit. It wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, let me uh, pop in Big Daddy again. Yeah. You get to see uh, the acting chops of a John Stewart, who is great. I, yeah. I remember him as the as the person that I remember from the whole thing. Isn't it funny to think of certain people as actors, though? Where you think oh, of like yeah. John Stewart in Death to Smoochie? I think he yeah, was a- no, John Stewart like had a real like kind of run of of like acting roles. Yes. Um, and then, and then they all kind of change. It's, yeah, like Jimmy Fallon. It's Jimmy so hard Fallon. to think of him now as like the star of Taxi. Yeah. The star uh, or John, or Fever Pitch. Pitch. Yeah. Or John Oliver in Love Guru. Love Guru. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a very, it's a weird thing. Um, man, yeah, it, it, like, uh, going back and, and looking where everyone kind of ends up. Yeah. Big Daddy is what got Paul Thomas Anderson into, um, Sandler, like that's the one that, that yeah, that's really like the one he him on it. and uh, and uh, the Safties also said that like that Big Daddy made a big mm-hmm. dent on them. Like, uh, yeah, that's why I'm like, am I missing something? But I don't think I'm missing anything. I just think it's either like it may have just shown a different side of him, mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, he could do that very emotional courtroom scene, and mm-hmm. and that could be something. Yeah, yeah, it's, but I've uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's funny to I I would. Uh, it's like you look at the body of work and it's like, you guys made more great movies than most great people. Yeah. I mean, his, 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 uh, I would also say like, I give Sandler points for the, the comedy pitch. <laughs> like for me, I don't love that movie, um, that he did with Chris Rock about the fathers that are, they're getting ready for their daughter's wedding. The but of. yes, <laughs> but I love that pitch. I just think it was kind of executed. Not, not as the way I wanted it. I wanted mm-hmm. it to be funnier, yeah. better, but I love that. Like, I feel like his taste in pitches are, mm-hmm. is, I would say, at a hundred percent. Like, for the most part. Like, yeah. it's like, even like Little Nicky, it's like, oh, that's a great premise. Son of the yes. Devil, great. He knows, he's always kind of known where he's supposed to go. Yes. Next. Yeah. Like, he kind of knows what people want before they even want like when you heard and i know i can only speak for myself when i heard he was like touring again i'm just like oh i wouldn't necessarily want to see that you know it's like it's good for other people then you see the netflix thing you're just like oh this is the best one of the best things he's ever done it's so solid (laughs) my wife is pulling in and uh and shocked at (laughs) seeing you in a drive at what's going on okay (laughs) I it's a it's it's a drive-through. It's, 
um, just shaking her head yeah. as she tries the stupidity <laughs> of podcasting. A new, a new low. It's always when somebody sees you do a thing, then you just suddenly feel like. Oh, she's shocked. She's shocked. Oh, she's shaking her head. You're just like. But we are keeping our six feet distance. Yes, we are. We're doing using our mics. Um, yeah, it's funny that like I, I saw, I got to see Sandler do his tune-up shows before he went on where he was going to go on tour. This. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. How was that? Get to was at the um, Dynasty Typewriter. Oh yeah, yeah. That was the. It was just the greatest. He's great. That that special is great, and he figured it out, and I feel like he is a guy who never phones it in. And no matter how you feel about the movie, the mm-hmm. performance is solid. Like, you know, he's trying... Like he's, There's a couple times where you could maybe say uh, uh, blended. He oh, might be, yeah. He yeah. might be a little sleepy. <laughs> in, in well, he's tired because he's been hanging out in Africa having an amazing uh, family vacation. Well, I would. Well, that's the other thing. Anybody gets on him, it's like... Please, are you kidding? You anybody would go along for the ride with? Oh, absolutely! Like, yeah, we're friends with this guy. He's going to make a movie, and we're going to go hang out in Hawaii for well, a month and a half. And he's a good guy too, because my friend was in Paul Blart Mall Cop, and uh, it got cold there one night, mm-hmm. like very cold. And the next day, in the trailer, Sandler had sent them all like the warmest winter jackets. Like, hey, I heard it was cold last night. Here you go. Oh, that's awesome! I love that. Yeah, that's. Not how it usually goes on a production. Yeah. Usually it's just like, hey, I heard it was cold there. Good night. Yeah. The thing. Well, hopefully it won't be that so bad again. be you. Yeah. So you finished recently going through, did you go through all 100 movies on Unspooled? We're close. We're close, okay. Tom. We're in the, we're in the final stretch here. What, what have been, and Unspooled for people who don't know is the podcast you've been doing with Amy Nicholson. Yes. Right? Amy Nicholson, who is a, uh, very like, I, I love her as a film critic, just written for Rolling Stone and Variety and uh, KCRW. She's really great. So we've been going through that list, and it's been fun to see what kind of pops up and what people like. And uh, and during the quarantine, we've been doing like these fun pop culture movies. Like mm-hmm. we did a house party reunion last week with uh, Reggie Hudland and Kid from Kid and Play. That's unbelievable. It was so much fun, and that movie was really fun to watch. Um, but the ones that kind of exist with me. I, you know, it sounds cliche to say it, but I feel like the this is the first time I really got and enjoyed 2001. I saw it in yeah. the theater uh-huh. on the re-release, and it really blew my mind. And when you see stuff like that, there's another movie called Intolerance, a D.W. Griffith film that sure. was made in the 1920s. It's like three hours, but it's it's stunning. And I think those are like from a from a technical standpoint, you're like these people are so far ahead of the game. Yeah. Well, two thousand one is—it's almost not even a movie. Yeah, in a way, it's this—it's this experience that happens to be presented in cinematic form. Uh, it is. You're right. It's totally unique, and uh, yeah, it really kind of. You don't even know how you could rip it off if you were—if you were somebody. Other, I mean, look, you can make references to shots, yeah. specific shots and stuff, but there's kind of no way to be like. Yeah, I'm just going to, you know, the way, because look, with all this, the uh, Wes Anderson stuff, and it's like, he likes to take things from French people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's fine. But you can do that. I don't know how you could do that with 2001, where it's just like. No, he inspired, like, 2001, you see the imprints of that movie over so many films, but you can never steal that film. No. It's singularly unique. 
And that's, I think for me, like it's very rarely there, is there a bad watch on that list? Like there's always something really interesting to take from it. There are movies that are more boring than others. And even intolerance, it's not a movie that I loved mm-hmm. from a storytelling perspective, but it was like, Oh, I'm glad I saw it. Sure. Uh, but yeah, like just kind of going back through and, you know, like even watching like do the right thing was great on a rewatch. I hadn't seen that in years, but I never saw last picture show. And I was like, mm-hmm. this, that's another movie that kind of cements like what a teen movie is like like you know this coming yeah. of age it's like a beautiful sure amazingly done film yeah yeah and it's it's just um so would you say that what are the biggest like what the the biggest surprises have been like last picture show yeah last picture you? show was a big surprise for me i thought high noon was a little bit overrated mm-hmm. uh, i think it's fine but it's like it didn't seem like the best western i didn't there's a lot of movies that i'm like i didn't love the searchers i know people love love, people the, searchers. love the searchers i just kind of found that to be uh, not as engaging as I wanted. Ben Hur, yeah, they got a great chariot scene. Yeah, but it's like it's just, there's a couple of things on there. I think the thing that the list suffers from. I mean, this is like a longer conversation, but it's like there's no women directors on it, mm-hmm. and there's very few movies with like a person of color in the lead or even a woman in the lead. Like yeah. I would like, and it's so we, after watching so many of these movies, they all start to feel the same because it's all about like. A troubled man in a situation, you know, it's like mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. there's a monotony to it at points. And then every now and then you see something or you see something again with fresh eyes. It makes the good stuff stand out. Like when you watch Godfather after watching like, you know, like the deer hunter, which I, I thought again, I never saw deer hunter. I was like, I don't yeah. like this movie. I like, but, uh, but like the Godfather, pop, like these other movies like just pop and they're just so like electric and yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's funny because it makes you question the institution of what is it the AFI? Yeah, like you're just like these things you just accept, where you're just like, oh, these are the movies. They're like, wait, are they? I, it, like, it, who says who? Yeah, and, it yeah. seems like it's all voted in by dudes who grew up in this, like, who had their like career burst up alive in the seventies, and they're and what they've been influenced by in the fifties, and then nominating their own films in the seventies. It's like mm-hmm. that, like the movie. It's a very small way. Like when you talk about a list of the best films, and you kick off Fargo, mm-hmm. um, and you don't replace it with, it, and there's no other Coen movies on there. It's yeah, like, yeah. oh, that's odd. That far, like you have no Coen Brothers movie, and you had Fargo on, and you lost Fargo. It's like the only the I mean. Well, what would have taken its place? Is there any idea of what was added? I think Toy Story was added that uh-huh. year. I think Shawshank was added okay. that year. It's like there's a couple of. I, mean, I, I, also I know that was one that you both uh, the Shawshank. Yeah, we did not was. like Shawshank. I've never seen all of it. Shawshank is fine. It's like, but it's the same way I felt about Forrest Gump. It's like it hits a softball down the middle. It's exactly the reason why it plays a million times on TBS or whatever it is TNT. It's sure. like. It, like there's something so digestible and there's nothing wrong with that. No. But is it the best? No, it just, and that's the whole thing is just like who gets the, who, who, who tells the history of a thing. And it's yes. just like you have to question who's telling that history. Yeah. Because even outside of gender and race and there's just this, there's just an overall snobbery in certain ways that it's just like a movie to me. It's just like, it doesn't have to feel like homework. Like no movies. We, were not supposed to necessarily be homework. They can be wildly experimental and can be whatever you want them to be, but they don't have to feel like 
eating vegetables. Yeah, and I feel like, and that, and that's been the fun of the list. It's like, oh, these movies I thought were going to be like homework are mm-hmm. actually wonderful. Like, yeah. and then the, then there's other movies I've been looking forward to that I feel like, oh, it's a it's a hard mix, and I think. You can tell though it's it's of an era because it's like there's six Vietnam films on there. It's like, what do we need six? Oh yeah, that's exactly when because what do you have? Platoon and Platoon, Deer Apocalypse Hunter. Now, Apocalypse. Deer Hunter. Um, I mean, for lack of a better term, Mash is a is a Vietnam movie, even though it yeah. takes place in Korea. It's like, like there there's so many of these, you know, like it's all like coming home or going over and but meanwhile there's a movie on that list this is the movie that i always forget the best years of our lives mm-hmm. amazing movie super hard to find steven spielberg was like this movie influenced me more than anything it's a soldier coming home from world war ii three of them and they all come back with very different things um and one is lost an arm and uh another one is kind of trying to fit back into society and another one is um not being able to find a place back in and uh it's great. It's what that's actually one of the best. Oh, sorry, plane. Um, that to me was the most surprising because on a list of a hundred films that I've heard the name of all of them, that's one I'm like, oh, I've never heard yeah, the name. Yeah. The best years of our yeah, lives. I've never seen it. I just um. And what would be something you would that you feel if you could put one on there that isn't on there? Oh, that isn't on there. Wow, that's a good. That's a tough question because it's sort of like, I'm going to just jump in and go with my gut right now and say like Boogie Nights. I feel like, sure. I think that Boogie Nights is a great, like I feel like Paul Thomas Anderson is not on that list. The uh-huh. Coen brothers are on that list, but I feel like yeah. Boogie Nights is a, is a, like a classic American film that sure. needs to be on there. Yeah. Well, you could say just like, so there's no PTA on it. There's no Coen brothers on it. There's no, and again, no female director. So when you think about that, like, just like no Penny Marshall on that yeah. list. No. Especially I, if you're going, if you're going to put like Shawshank yeah. on that, you could just put A League of Their Own where that was. I literally thought that. I was like, yeah, like, like League of Their Own crowd, would be it Look, it was, did better in theaters than Shawshank did. It, like, it's actually a more successful, if you're going by just being crowd pleasing. Yeah. It's more esteemed in that regard than Shawshank was. I think there's so, yeah, there's so many interesting people that are admitted and yeah, but like, um, I think about Boogie Nights a lot. I think about, you know, the other movie I think about, and maybe, but maybe it, well, I'm not going to define, I'm not going to beat myself up. I think Die Hard is like a great American, like, well, that's the whole thing. And that's that high and low part of it. That is such a bummer where yeah. it's just like, what, it, I don't know why, you differentiate like film from movies yeah and the idea that die hard isn't some impossible accomplishment which it is to make that work and set a whole so new tone on. yeah for what these things are and exactly it says it reinvented in the concept of an action movie yeah and it reinvented the concept of an action hero so also. just like yeah. just like it it changed so much stuff and it's like i don't know that those lists are such a bummer and they're so they're so snobby and they don't like horror movies and they don't yeah like- there's no horror really besides the shining and uh or not the shining it's it's sixth sense mm-hmm. and uh something else but yeah it's like there's so many great things that should be rewarded and yeah. and and Cause even the comedies like uh, well, i'm sure like some like it hot is on there yes. where it's just like that's to me, that's not even like a comedy. It's like a, it's almost like a musical without the songs. Well, I it has totally songs, agree. But it's like, 
but it's almost structured. It's like representative of comedy. It's not actually funny well, and, to me. And that's the thing. Like people argue over comedy all the time and, and what is funny and what is good. But it's like, you know, you want to, I think that that's a hard thing to do is prescribe uh, comedy to people. Mm-hmm. And so what they do is they pick safe ones. I love Preston Sturges. There's one Preston Sturges on that list, uh, which is great. It's, um, oh, brother, uh, the, um, this, Sullivan's Travels. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, it's, uh, it's shocking how unrepresentative it is a film. It's like not all film is drama, but they have a ton of cowboy movies mm-hmm. and a ton of war movies, yeah. but like not action movies. It's sort of like, it's, you know, and that's how I look at like the Alamo has a great list. Like the Alamo draft house has like their list of a hundred essentials. And it's like, well, that's a, that's a good looking list. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you gotta go high low. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just don't. It's like the whole appeal of movies was that people thought a train was going to run them over when they went <laughs> into the thing. Like that's what yeah. started them being profitable. People ran to go sit in the thing and get tricked by this. Yeah. They want to feel like they're in that them. thing, by the way, which yeah. is, yeah, it's like, and I love that Scorsese kind of rips that off at the end of Goodfellas by having like, uh, Joe Pesci's character, like fire the gun at the screen, which is like mm-hmm. the end of the great train robbery, which is yeah. just like, again, that same idea of like, I'm killing you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, but you're coming to the end of it, and does that just end the podcast when that? Ends? I think we're going to try to figure out how to. We, we've talked about ways that we're trying to figure it out. I think the idea has been like we've been, uh, we've been, uh, like stifled by the list. There's things we can oh, do, things absolutely. we can't do, and so now what we're going to do is say, well, if we could make a list, like let's let's go and like what would we add to it? Like you know, like yeah. what like what are the films that we would want to get into? And it's like. Let's go and explore some amazing female directors. Let's go and explore some movies. And we've kind of started doing this with our live YouTube shows in the sense of like, let's go like talk about Clueless for an hour. And it's, it's not as in depth as whatever, but it's still like, oh, this is a, an interesting movie or the, um, we did big and it's like just fun to like, I don't know, celebrate movies that aren't necessarily going to be like held up as the best, but yeah. also. You know, like big, hard. big would be on that list if it was forty years older than it is. Absolutely. Like if big was in nineteen forty-seven, big and it, would be and on it that was list. Jim, it was Jimmy Cagney. Exactly. It would like be Jim on the Stewart list. Dancing or like just oh yeah, like, it's Jimmy Stewart. Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. But um, whatever it is, it could be Jimmy Cagney. It was an old Yankee Doodle yeah. Dandy. Yeah, I just watched that last week. Oh uh-huh. boy. So it's it's yeah no it's just funny that people attribute a certain amount of respect to a thing well but it's like but that's the thing it's easier to judge things in the past and and you look at it with like you have to respect it over like something that's new it's sort of yeah it's like yeah we don't we don't like i feel like like well not enough time has passed to appreciate that so no one will argue something like it hot because it's well it's it's you know it's jack lemon and yeah. you know and and yeah. he's and tony curtis and they're yeah. you know geniuses and they yeah, they are billy wilder's amazing but it's like but it's you know you who doesn't like who? something like it hot woody allen really i'm not a, i'm i i'm lukewarm on it. it's fine yeah that I was the greatest movie it's not of, my thing no i mean it always, billy felt, wilder's it always felt like it always felt like somebody else's idea of comedy. It's a dress up. It's yeah. bosom buddies. Yeah. It's, it's, it's work, you know, whatever movie that it's like, I don't understand why we ever thought that was like a hilarious concept. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's guys um, acting like ladies. Yeah. That was always the weirdest thing when it would even be like, even on SNL would be like, can you believe these two guys are kissing? <laughs> like when two cast members would yeah. do it, they'd be like, yeah, that's what. I know, but it like, happens all the time in the world. It's guys so kiss all the time. It's so based, and I think that like basically, 
um, that's, that energy is what, uh, like, uh, what people can agree on that comedy is. Mm-hmm. It is funny that these men are pretending mm-hmm. to be women. Yeah. Done. Exactly. That's a comedy. Yeah. Like, if I was doing my hundred list and I had to put a comedy on there, it's like, I'm telling you, I'd put Jackass, first Jackass movie on there. Never laughed harder oh in a God. movie theater. Movies I've laughed at the most in a theater. Mm-hmm. First Jackass movie. Yes. Borat. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember seeing the bird cage in a theater and people were losing their minds seeing that because yeah. it was like so crowd pleasing and it was just, I don't know. So bird cage, bird cage is not on that list. No, bird, but bird cage is a movie that doesn't really hold up either. It's like, it's, it, it's like, slightly, look, what is it? I'm, I'm sure it's not tracking exactly with the, yeah. Well, but it's like, but they're like, Jackass made me laugh so hard. And we were talking earlier about the Sandman, mm-hmm. uh, Billy Madison, the first time I saw that, yeah. like, there's just some things in it, like, co- uh, comedically, I was like, whoa, like, yeah. just like the pool scene where the, you know, where, uh-huh. like, you know, it's like, but like, I, yeah, I mean, Jackass, I, I talked about this a lot because Buster Keaton's on the list and we brought on, um, we brought on, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, the director of Jackass, um, Jeff Tremaine, Jeff Tremaine to talk because I was like, when I watched Buster Keaton, I was like, Oh, Buster Keaton is just doing Jackass. Like, yeah, he's riding the front of the train. He's throwing stuff off. Yes, there's a loop plot here, but these are all, this is stunts. Yeah. These are stunts executed in a way that makes you so viscerally connected to mm-hmm. it. And, and I know that people were like, that's not the same thing. I was like, it is. Oh, it literally is. It literally is the same thing. Jackass might be the best example, the, oh, maybe the only example of a TV show that got so much stronger when it became a movie. Yes. Like, you watch episodes of the show and you're just like, oh, this is, this is great, but it's also just not as good as the movie. The movie is just monumental. It's, like, it's money and the ability to edit out. Like, all you need to do is make three good episodes, like 90 minutes or whatever. And they just, I feel like they just crafted it down. I got to be in the audience for one of the bits. I never laughed so hard because basically they, uh, we saw a screening uh-huh. and they shot another sequence. And the sequence was like, they replaced, uh, Johnny's, um, moisturizer with like horse semen. Uh-huh. And so, um, what they what they did was they played the whole movie, uh-huh. and at the end they all talked and they said, "Hey, we yeah. um we actually have something we want to show you, Johnny." Is a, uh, and he's like, "Oh, what is it?" And then they showed him, and they had cameras on him as he was watching it for the first time, realizing that he had been using horse semen on his face for months, <laughs> and it was. To be in that theater, uh-huh. A, watching him, but then watching that stunt, and they never called it out. So they just basically had a montage of him putting on uh-huh. moisturizer. What are they doing? Yeah. He's like, oh, I've got my uh, moisturizer, yeah. moisturizer. And it was always the same bottle in his car. Uh-huh. And it was, it was such a long-term prank that I, like, it didn't make the movie. And that was yeah. one of the funniest things I ever saw. Yeah. And that is, I will say also, nobody makes being like the butt of a joke seem more fun than Johnny Knoxville. Like, like if somebody did that to me, I would be just like, yeah, I don't think I, we can ever speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we're done talking for the rest of our lives. But like the way he like roars with laughter at yeah. that stuff, you're just like, oh man, that, that guy can roll with the stuff. He's great. Well, he's the ringleader of it. I mean, they're making a jackass four. I mean, God knows now what that will be, but, uh, I'm in. I'm always there. And 
And it oddly doesn't work as well when it's like action park, you know, it's like. Yeah, any kind of like thematic structure yeah. to it takes, diminishes it. Yeah, it's a bummer because I think what you want to do is you want to be that, you want to have that reaction of like watching these guys, like Bam Margera, like watching them react to it. Like when they put the, like the alligator in his parents' house or whatever it is, yeah. like there is a part where the, the audience is on screen and that's so rare too. Like yeah. you're watching them enjoy the thing and that's and you know and that i think for comedy is it's like seeing with a live audience you know like it is like having a like two live audiences yeah yeah no it's 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 just the best and that would be on my list so what is this tell me what this disney thing you did is the marvel thing um yeah so it was uh (laughs) so basically the idea has was this i very shortly ago uh like three weeks ago i was like you know I know people are kind of bored right now with, or not bored, they're just looking for things to fill the time. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, like, I love kind of getting comic book recommendations. And we we're just talking about like, like, like small businesses and like, oh man, comic book shops, like they, I wonder what they're going through in this moment. So I had had this relationship with Marvel because I did documentary with them and Disney Plus. And we we're just talking about ideas. And I was like, you know, I would love to do something about these comic book shops. Like, how can we support comic book shops in this yeah. time? Because they are open and they're, and they, and Marvel's doing like a good reach out to like let you know. And so we decided like to do, let's do a book club with the idea being, Hey, we just talked about cool books. Mm-hmm. Now you can, you can either call your local comic book shop, yeah. uh, and have them send it to you or just engage in your local comic book shop. But they're all, yeah doing mail order. So that's like, that was the premise. So I got like Damon Lindelof and, uh, J- uh, Jason Manzukis and, uh, W. Kamal Bell and, um, Gillian Jacobs, like all these people to come and sit down and just kind of over Skype. And I have like a whole, like, I have like a whole, uh, studio set up in my, uh, in my office. Marvel came to my house with all the equipment set up, put it on my front lawn okay. and then, all disinfected and then i brought it up and then set everything up and then like has literally been like setting the camera setting the lights focusing it and just taping the show which has been super fun but uh yeah and for me i got to get into a lot more marvel books we shot like six episodes from pitch to the first episode airing was three weeks wow uh and it was yeah so we just kind of knocked it out and people can see that on YouTube or whatever. Just like it's called, like the world's uh, greatest book club. But uh, and the other, the other thing though that you started your relationship oh, with them is the this doc that yeah. uh, that I can't. I guess I can't speak about what it is about yet. Okay, but well, uh, I don't know. I'm honestly asking because I, oh, I don't know a whole lot. Of, I knew you were doing a thing. Yeah, so it's it's fun. It's like I did direct a documentary for them, and it's about like a uh, a Marvel character. Uh, and it was super fun. They've, they, they've been really. Teaser. Yeah. Oh, look at that. When does that come? Uh, unknown, but I think late summer. Okay. We were supposed to premiere all of our docs at, uh, Comic Con. And basically this, the guys who do Chef's Table are doing this series of documentaries for Disney Plus, And they're all, each one of these in the, uh, is called 616. It's like the world that Marvel takes place in. Okay. Uh, which you are part of because I saw your deleted scenes on that lotto ticket to Ant-Man the other day. Look, I'm a part of the world. I was a, a, I was a bodega worker and I also was one of, um, Walton Goggins goons in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I got cut out of that also. Whoa. So he put you in both and cut you out of both. I've been cut out of both. I visited the oh. set of Ant-Man and the Wasp and it was one of the most fun experiences because I've written Ant-Man uh, books mm-hmm. um, for Marvel and uh, and I texted Rudd and I was like, 
I'm, I actually was on set because my friend is the assistant to the Russos. And he's like, well, come and watch whatever became of, it was Endgame and, uh, is the, the last two. Um, and so to be on that set was absolutely amazing. Um, and, but they're shooting at Man and the Wasp across the way. And it was on the set that was the, uh, basically every, like, you know, where it looks like a, uh, a bread tag is like six feet tall. Like, yeah, yeah. So you're yeah. in, you're in that world. Um, and it was so fun to be like in a living set that was so beautifully oh, yeah. art directed. And, uh, and the, but the best thing about it was, I guess we came there on the day when, well, I know when we came there, we came there on like, when basically they've lost, they've lost, uh, Scott to the quantum realm, right? So everyone is, uh, oh, like, it, like every, like it's just shocked faces. So there's like Lawrence Fishburne, Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lily, like just the cameras are just zooming into uh-huh. those like pensive faces. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Like some tragedy, like tragedy just happened. Like, yeah, cause yeah. they wouldn't tell us anything of what we were watching. It was no. just like, and I didn't want to know, but it was such a funny, like, it was like, okay, Lawrence getting your shot. And it's like, camera just slowly push in, push in, push. Mm-hmm. Got, we got it. Okay, Michelle, push in, push in, whatever it was. It was so, uh. Oh, that's so funny. That was you the. Got, yeah, I went to Ant-Man. I was on the set of Ant-Man. And then. Was that up in Atlanta? Was that in Atlanta? It was in Atlanta. So and you flew there. Flew you there to shoot your scene. The first one, I just went down just to be a part of the fun thing. And they were just like, hey, do you want to be in this? I love that. You know, just kind of like, wait, you didn't cast the thing. Like, what are you doing? I love, but then they keep like it open keep for people like loose. you. They keep it that loose. You threw the part to me, and ninety minutes later, I'm I love it. The works. It's like I do these music videos for three thousand dollars. I know who's going to play. Oh parts yeah, I mean, that but day. that's yeah. Well, you were talking about the Marvel budget yeah. versus. Uh... And then the next one for Ant Man and the Wasp, we were told by Peyton Reed said uncuttable, uncuttable part, and it was me and Worcester Ugh. as goons. We had headsets and we're driving. And then it got cut. Ah. Uh, and then. Well, look, you, you're building up to the third one, which is going to probably just be even bigger and badder. And oh, yeah. No, there's no way. Look, my with my brand, the best thing that could happen to me is getting cut out of these. Oh, it, 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 I mean, just to see that still, to see that still <laughs> online, yeah. that's all I really want to see. I just want to see you. I, I would love to. I would love it for you. I would love you to be the. Bizarro Stan Lee, you're cut out of every Marvel movie. <laughs> exactly. I just go the other way with it, just like, hey, maybe a year and a half later we can, somebody could pull some time coded still out I love of it. him in the thing and like that's the closest we come to the cameo. Your, um, your final, uh, your final, uh, <laughs> like your, your, your montage at the end, like in uh-huh. the Oscars yeah. is just, you passing a lot of ticket, sliding the ticket with the headset, driving yeah. the, the car, and um, yeah, it's one of those things. It's building up. I keep, I tell Peyton, I want to be one of the people who goes like, because for me, certain things make you choke up in movies. And yeah. I've always been a sucker in any kind of like superhero movie even going like i guess going back to like superman 2 yeah when it would be like superman gets like thumped and then the slobs on the street see that and they're just like you can't do that to superman i love that moment like those are the mo- like any i start crying in any moment where people without powers stand up to the villains after they watch the superhero get oh. crushed 
like in Spider, like the sp- first Spider-Man movie, I think there was one where it's just like, "Hey, Spider-Man's our hero!" Like, and I'm just like, <laughs> the, the moment that I mean, it's a little different. The moment that gets me in Superman Two that you're mentioning is when Superman has no powers and gets beaten up by that trucker in that local oh, bar, yeah. uh-huh. and he's like, "Oh, blood." blood that's yeah he's weak he's, he's so like, yeah oh. just and like that trucker and he goes back there to kick that trucker's butt at the end and which, then when which it, also seems like petty yeah it's a, super, slightly beneath superman to go i'm gonna go back there in the score his chair yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just like man that movie these movies i could takes nothing to make me start crying at a movie oh i, I can cry in a movie in a heartbeat i love it i love i love a good cry when all of a sudden it'd be just like so wait you're saying like you were out here when Gene Hackman's just like yeah, yeah, you yeah. were here, uh, and they, they were, were in there, and he and he just like does the, the nod yeah. thing to him. I was just and I'm just like <laughs> he's oh I love it. I mean I, like I love I love that there's so many great emotional moments and I think that the Marvel movies pull it off really well like they mm. they, they do a great job too it's like yeah it's the humanity in these characters it's these like little mm-hmm. moments that like make you just like oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm crying all the time. Well, I want to be the third Ant Man. You can't do that to Ant Man. That's my goal. Hey, <laughs> you can't do that to Ant Man. I'll be yelling it. I love it. Whatever villain, who will be yelling it? Yeah, so good. Scorpion. I don't know. He's going to be fighting. <laughs> you can't do that to Ant Man. Um, <laughs> well, look, Paul, you are so generous. Uh, I love being here, Tom. Come here and to talk. It's so nice to see you. I nice to see anybody. Especially I know you. I, I well, I, I love that you're in the the neighborhood now, and uh, we were making plans to kind of hang out and even go see a basketball game before all this there exactly. Stuff started, so maybe so. in four years, when it's safe to sit next to someone at a basketball game, we'll do that. I love it. Um, so good to see you, Tom. Yeah. Thank you for pulling up to my house today. Of course. Thanks for doing it. And uh, I know you're going to just jump out and just pop over to Ron. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I'm going to go up with my Zoom. Be like, Ron, got to ask you about Sacro. <laughs> so I got into it. Just tell me all about Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> uh, Let's go to Hellboy. Do it as Hellboy. Let's do the interview as Hellboy. He'll finally like unleash it. Then they fucking cast David Harbour in that piece of shit. Then it all uh, comes out. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. All right, thank you.